0: True. Uh, so anyway, I like to never washed all the spinach out of my underpants. But anyway, you were saying.
1: You were saying what? Ah. Oh. Uh, so I had a good Thanksgiving, which is always nice for me because like Thanksgiving is mm-hmm. always good. I'm I'm a food loving man, and Thanksgiving is a food celebratory holiday. But sure, if I'm being honest with myself and everyone else, Thanksgiving is not my favorite holiday if i'm like tier Mm -hmm. listing all my all the holidays it's like a c tier d tier between my family that lives several hours away uh, leah's side has multiple families that throw different things like potentially up to three different pockets of family that throw things it ends up just Mm -hmm. being like a scheduling to do and then turkey isn't my favorite meat but complaints aside i mean i had i had like two pounds of mashed potatoes and gravy I, Whoa. I dang near fell asleep in essentially my brother-in-law's living room while kids played mobile games and talked to me about Pokemon. So, I mean, what's, you what's love not that. to love?
0: Yeah. yeah, Uncle Pokey, they call you. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. You know, you can't get it better than me because everyone other than the family I live with, all, all the rest of my family's dead, so I don't have to worry about them. And uh, I don't mind a little turkey. I can eat turkey for days. You can't get it better than that. It's actually quite good. There's no worry. Where do I go? Who do we hang out with? No, it's going to be her mother-in-law because she's the only living family we have. Mm. And uh, it's all good. We 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 had a good we had a good one. We ate we ate well. We ate the same thing for days as you do. And no complaints here. You know, it's it was my 36th Thanksgiving, and I got to say, still still okay. Yeah, still okay. It's still it hits that B minus every fucking year on the <laughs> dot. It's it does what it does. It's so true. So- yeah, well, you know what I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be back. I took a month off. I took a little break. I said, "Hey, man, I'm tired of. It. I'm getting. I'm getting bum sores sitting there editing podcasts all the time. Oh, I got this. I got a week off work coming. I need. A, I need. A, oh, I need some oxygen. I need to breathe. I need. A, I need to get away. And so I worked on uh, a different podcast for for a <laughs> yeah. couple weeks straight, and we got that one caught up. So uh, Tales of the Lesser Mediums doing good. Uh, but no, I'm we're back. I not I could not wait to talk to you because I didn't stop playing video
1: games. Neither did I. You know. Buddy. In fact, I, yeah. I went, I doubled up. I was like. You went more ham. If I can't talk to Trav about games, I got to fill that void mm. somehow. I'm going to fill it with more games to then talk to Trav about. Boy, did you. So, folks,
0: if you were thinking, well, you probably were assuming this would be a girthier episode. and You're right if you were thinking that. If you were yeah. like, oh, man, they took a week off. They got a bunch of beat tweets and games to talk about. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't just say that two weeks didn't happen. No, we got it all here for you today. So if you've already you've already looked and saw how long this podcast was, and you you might have already you know shit your pants in your Jeep Liberty heading to work, or whatever it is you drive, <laughs> and you were like, oh my god, that is so much. Uh, I'm gonna have to really you know do. So, I'm gonna have to do dishes longer or something. whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. You're gonna have to do it to get it all in here. Um, so we got you got that for you. We're also I, Steve and I just talking about this like uh, briefly through the old Discord chat. They could have done a live show. You know, yeah. I I complained about the the editing being. Uh, I like editing, but it's a it's time sync way to get around that.
1: Do it live. You ain't got to edit anything. Do live. I, I, of course, we would we would put it up. But yeah, I think I mean sure it, it is very helpful in terms of you know every now and again, rather than miss an episode, it might be a lot easier for us to just toss a live in there every mm-hmm. so often, especially mm-hmm. if this first one goes goes well. Uh, and two, we are blessed with it actually. Fun, funny, and engaged community of people. So I think it would be a lot of fun to be able to do. We could take hot seats from the chat. We could let them put us on the oh, spot.
0: There you go. Now I'm loving that idea. See, this is we hadn't even really talked about it, other than just throwing it out there. So that's a good plan. So if if, the, if a live show, uh, maybe on uh, we'll say Blink's Twitch, since that's the greasiest wheel we have in terms of live uh, stuff. Of we do the the Nest Friend um, uh, collection thing, but. Steve is a regular over there on Twitch. Yeah. Um if that's something that you think you might be interested in, let us know if you have any cool ideas for it, let us know. Uh we'll kick it around and maybe maybe sometime next year we'll get around to setting that up and making it a thing. Um so yeah, so there's that coming up later today. We got a top 5 quality of life features in games that we're thankful for. So if you thought you were out of the weeds on Thanksgiving, we got more thanking coming. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, this puppy's not done thanking you quite yet. It's not. It's not Christmas <laughs> right. yet. Every everything between uh, Thanksgiving and December twenty fourth is the thankful no man's land. It's where it's where all the thankfulness just kind of stalls out and lives. Yep. And, you
0: gotta, and then you, you get back it? to just taking things for granted. And I can't wait for that. <laughs> I love the eleven months out of the year where I'm just like, oh, that's a thing that I'm entitled to. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when but you're allowed to yell until at cashiers, then. right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we also have a nasty email coming up, a nasty listener email. Just to further prove to you that if you if you have any thoughts uh, or any emails you want to send us, uh, we
1: will read them out here on the show, even if they are mean to us. It, hot, right. hot off the heels of me saying that the people that listen to our show are nice and cool, so that's that's good to know. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, uh, well, I say, I say nasty email with a wink, with a wink. Mm-hmm. All right, coming soon, games that are coming soon. Well, the good news is uh, I looked back for the last couple of weeks there, which would normally have been our coming soon for the episode that we missed, and I there wasn't anything there that I was too excited about, to be honest with you, so I don't feel like I missed a whole, whole lot. And then I'm looking here, uh, November 30th through December 13th, and once again, I don't see anything that speaks to me and wow. says, Trav, buy me, buy me when I come out. Nothing says that to me. Does anything so. ever say that to you? I mean... Yes, yes, and we'll get to that later on. Something did say that to me, and uh, and I responded uh, promptly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this time around, I mean, just nothing for me.
1: That's okay, because there's a couple things I'm looking forward to. I'll start with the probably more obvious of the two. We got Halo Infinite, that beta, that multiplayer mm. beta went live. I forget where exactly it was, but... I think they did a, the hot drop off of one of the showcases recently. They said, "Yeah, and our our multiplayer beta is out now," and so everyone mm-hmm. I know has been playing it. And the general consensus that I'm hearing from people is like, "Yeah, man, it, it's Halo. If you like Halo, this wow. is, this is another game that's Halo." <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so wow, it, you can uh, decide. You know that that's your metric to draw from, and if that entices you, this is going to be a video game for you. I always have fun at the campaigns in Halo ever since the first one. Yeah. I never it's not like one of my absolute favorite series or anything, but it's just very reliable. It's dependable. When I'm like I, wa- true. I want just a fun shooter campaign, maybe co-op, maybe not. I like them co-op. That's yeah. the only way I can
0: take them. Yeah. Yeah. They make it like it's like a pill that's too that's too big to swallow. <laughs> yeah. I did I take my Halo Infinite, I have to stuff it into a banana and then and then I can take it down easier, but uh <laughs>
1: I hate when the uh, the halo gets caught in the back of your throat, and, uh, yeah. and then you're, you're exactly. trying to drink a bunch of water, but it just runs right over it. You start gagging. Oh, oh my god, can't get halo. it, can't get it down, can't get it down. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. But uh, I'll I'll actually wait on playing this one myself until I get a Series X. But I know a lot of people are gonna jump right on it. In fact, for a lot of people, this was the system seller. Sadly. I mean, it, it can't really sell systems because there's no systems to be sold, but if, if, that. if it was sitting in a Target, this is the type of game that would get people to go pull them off the shelves. Yeah.
0: Speaking of which, I have seen an Xbox Series X slash S with my own eyes. I have yet to lay eyes on an actual PlayStation 5, so it's, it's a
1: unicorn to me. Yeah. I've, I've only ever seen my own, which sounds a little more like a flex than I'm looking to looking to make, but... I've never seen another one in the wild. I've never seen even another person have one in their home. I mean, you know,
0: PlayStation 5s to you are just kind of like buttholes, right? Like you've seen your own. You don't you don't lay eyes on a lot of others. And the, you know they're out there, you know. People are always talking about them and scratching at them. But you you don't have to see it to know. From my point of view, I don't know that they exist. I've yet to see one. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they look like. If you had me draw a PlayStation 5, I wouldn't even know where to start.
1: I barely even know what you just said after the start of that sentence because I was just writing down on a note (laughs) in the corner. Hot seat question. When was the last time you saw your own
0: butthole? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, the the hot seats have mirrors on them. I don't know if you've looked down. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's usually
1: smudged, which maybe
0: I shouldn't think too hard
1: about. (laughs) Oh, that pumpkin pie. Man, it's been a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. No kidding. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Which is a lot to say. You know what? Halo Infinite's coming out December eighth. bad on the Xbox right. Family. Yeah, but the one I'm I'm definitely it, it, it's champing at the bit. Right? You champ at the bit. Right. We've it, been sh- there. it should yeah. be chomp. But it, I, I, I'm with you. I accept it. Champing at the bit. Solar Ash this is the new game from I think the studio's name is Heart Machine. Folks that did Hyperlight Drifter. It's kind of like a, if you've seen the trailers for it. This is looks like a Open world, kind of like Journey or the Pathless type of thing, mixed with, uh, I don't know, like a little Splatoon energy and a little Jet Grind radio energy, real flashy art style, cool sense of movement, and just it's just squarely like one of, one of them Steve games. Beautiful yeah. art direction, big open world to explore, probably the type of story that's going to make me cry in the third act, so sign me up, let's do this thing. Comes out on December 2nd, and probably for most of the year has been one of my most anticipated games and it's kind of the last big game i feel like it's coming out in 2021 that i really need to play before we hit goatee season but mm. um it, it's definitely a day one for me
0: is this the kind of game that uh perhaps you and a a one frantic josh will talk about there on an indie quest uh if if those still exist <laughs>
1: it is a podcast that exists you can you can check an episode just came out you know in 2021 oh oh the, okay this guy he good he, to know he pumps out a couple of tales of the lesser mediums and he gets his britches up past his nippies he's so smug.
0: <laughs> i mean i've got podcasts a uh, coming out but no uh solar ash i'm seriously though is this is this one that uh fits the yeah. mold of a of an indie quest discussion. Well, that's good. Yeah, good definitely. To know. Definitely,
1: this is one that I'm sure we'll both love. Good to know. All right. Well, hey,
0: I think it's time for you to sit down in that <laughs> smudgy hot seat. I swear, I think it's, I think it's pumpkin mm. pie. I think the last guy he he wasn't using his fork properly. I don't know what the problem was, but a little bit there on the seat, so okay. don't mind that smudge.
1: Maybe I'll give you a little taste test here. See, <laughs> <laughs> definitely pumpkin pie, right? if so it's a little flavorless it's <laughs> ah, uh, well it's something else in there that i can't place but anyways <laughs> <laughs> okay well it does have it's a pumpkin pie with pulp it's a
0: it's <laughs> a strange re- strange recipe uh, all right so <clears throat> we got we're, we're going to boil it down here you don't normally do a, you know handful of questions here we're going to do uh, one each here because we saw the girth coming yeah. uh, which is <laughs> something I guess often said I don't know but we saw the girth coming and so we're, we boiled it down here to just a, a couple questions and so my question here Steve I want you to rate these things in order of stink <laughs> okay All right. and, uh, and please elaborate as much as possible um, number one here Mario's mustache okay, okay. Uh, Yoshi's tongue Kirby's butthole and Wario's belly button okay, okay.
1: All right, so... And are we going from stinkiest to to least stinky? I'm going to say it's up to you. Okay. However you want to We're going to start least stinky and work our way up. So least stinky, Kirby's butthole. Because I don't... Isn't that the most ironic thing, though? I know. The only butthole in the group is the best (laughs) smelling one. My goodness. Because everything he puts in comes Mm -hmm. out either through his mouth again or just kind of, like, materializes above him. So I think he probably, like... Does have a butthole, but it's sort of like Probably. it's like a relic of uh, a past <laughs> it's like era. A <laughs> yeah, it, it no longer serves a function. It's just kind of like a, a belly button on his backside. It's just a pucker of a bygone okay. era. So, <laughs>
0: Pucker of a bygone era, you just named the podcast. Uh, I, and I just imagine glitter comes out of it sometimes, yeah. just sometimes.
1: Yeah, there's a little gland in there, and when he gets worked up or excited, it just, just, just shoots out. He gets all sheepish about it. He's like, oh, God, I'm sorry, guys. This yeah. happens sometimes. But in terms of smell, fine, I think. maybe Not pleasant, bad. Pleasant even. Probably good, yeah. Pleasant even. So... All right, the other three we got. We got what Mario's mustache, Yoshi's tongue. What was mm-hmm. the third? Wario's belly button. Wario's belly button. Okay. <laughs> Next up, I think Wario's belly button because, I mean, it's nasty in there. Let's we we've <laughs> sure. entered into stink territory. Yeah. But this, what's the worst a belly button can smell? Right. I'm familiar with bad belly button smell, and I feel like yeah. I mean, I don't want to make commentary about my own hygiene, but I've, I've experienced the peak. I know the worst it can be. It's not good. Yeah. Like, I think probably he, at most, <laughs> has a belly button that just kind of smells like. Yeah, like sour. The sour version of when you wear the same pair of pants for a week straight and just kind of grind mm-hmm. yourself down into them. After a while, you're just like, no. Sure. This isn't happening. Yeah. And. Yeah. While I don't think he showers often, I want to believe he has showered. At the very least, you know, he's in Mario <laughs> Party and stuff. He's he's jumped in a pool, and chlorine he has, like, kind of chemical yeah. wiped it out. So maybe you go. It, it a little depends on when you're getting to him, like, when the la- what he's been doing lately. But mm-hmm. by and large, I think it's like, <laughs> no thank you, but... Uh, Whatever, it, it's a belly button.
0: I just imagine it's always a little swampy, though. I imagine the climate is always a little, a little Mediterranean in that belly button.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely one deep enough where. No one, including Wario himself, has, like, hit the bottom in a while, so he doesn't really know what's what's happening down in there. Like, it, you know, it tapers, and it gets a little too narrow for his big, fat fingers, so he's just kind of, like, sure. trusting that nothing is growing inside him. A tick could get in there and have a field day. But, oh, but, goodness. My worst nightmare. But, I mean... If it really got so bad, I feel like it would probably like burst out of his belly button and replace Bowser as the villain of one of the games for a while. So it's <laughs> it's not reached that point.
0: Wario and like the cursed belly button or something like that. That'd be a good. That's a Nintendo <laughs> title coming coming this way yeah. next fall.
1: <laughs> exactly. So then it comes down. I think next up, next most stinky, Mario's mustache. And here's here's yeah. my logic. One, I mean. That dude is always working. He is just sweating 24-7. My, my man n- almost never has time for a bath or a shower. Sure, he's hopping in most of the same oceans and pools and stuff as Wario. They're hanging out together. But Mario's back on the grind minutes later. Wario kicks it, puts his feet up and relaxes afterwards. Mario's always mm-hmm. got somewhere to be. And he's got bigger problems than than general hygiene. So True. I don't think he has really ever brushed his teeth in his life. Maybe not once. <laughs> so Wow. Wow. You combine that with like, I'm just kind of assuming based on the look that all those mushrooms and stuff you eat smell kind of rank, kind of nasty. Not bad. And so it's yeah. just this conglomeration of like old food, mushroom, and just years of bad breath that have sort of congealed. Like it smells so bad that it's almost turning into a paste. Like there's almost Ooh. a thickness to the stink that you can wow and this is just second place this is going to get worse you're saying yeah exactly and think about it I mean his his lady friend Peach every now and again he gets the victory smooch she plants one on him she Mm. always plants that puppy on the cheek she is never going in she knows to steer clear yeah man I just I can't imagine there's probably things hanging
0: off of it and stuff you know like it's like a bramble (laughs) Like a like a mouth bramble.
1: Yeah. Is there? Have we, as a species, come up with a word for mustache dingleberries? Because I think that's what we're dealing <laughs> with. I we have not. I think it's up to us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, hot on the spot. I think. I mean, <laughs> are we just going to to mash and go with mushtelberries? <laughs> berries?
0: Yeah. It's got to be a berry of some sort. They do. They do dangle. Just pockets uh, of stink. That
1: I imagine eventually, yeah. kind of. Grow And when they get heavy enough, they drop off like an acorn. And when they crack, they turn into the viruses from Dr. Mario.
0: Wow. And there's a do- another game coming <laughs> next fall
1: by Nintendo. Hot dang! And then finally, I mean, stinkiest Yoshi's tongue. Yoshi- mm-hmm. Yoshi's down to freak. You don't have a tongue like that if you're not using it. So mm-hmm. I got no judgment for him having a stinky tongue. I don't. I don't mind what he does. I, in fact, good on you. I'm all about it, buddy. Do, do whatever makes you happy and, you know, whatever makes Birdo happy and whatever makes everybody around you happy. But I know that that puppy is smelling a lot like the hot seat, we'll say. It's got, got a little bit of a yeah. pumpkin pie edge to it.
0: <laughs> if I had a tongue like Yoshi's, though, I would, I would definitely stand up less. There would just be a lot of me <laughs> licking things into my possession without getting up. It's my grabber, you know?
1: mm-hmm yeah it's <laughs> always my grabber. exactly I mean even beyond that, you know every now and again you're sitting there on the couch and you're like before you realize it, you're kind of idly picking at your toenails or something. you mm-hmm. know there's a moment in Yoshi's life where he's like, I'm not bending over I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna lick it. I'm <laughs> just gonna, I'm gonna s- lick it' just gonna suck the juice the toe jam <laughs> out of my dino nails. Oh man well we've made this podcast.
0: Really lovely for listeners. I'm sure everyone eating their leftover Thanksgiving meals four days after Thanksgiving. Which you know what? If you're doing that, you're gross. You know, not us. It's been five <laughs> days. Put it away. You 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 made too much first of all, and you should have thrown it out on Sunday. So you're gross. Don't blame don't blame us, especially Steve. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that was your hot seat. Thanks so much for uh, really bringing all of that to life in a in a highly unnecessary visceral way. I will never look at any of those
1: characters again. And thank you. Polykill is a podcast you can smell. Mmm. Man,
0: that's a t shirt. That's a t shirt.
1: <laughs> you're killing it
0: today. All right. Well, hey, we got some games coming up because we beat some games. Again, it's been a month. What'd you yeah. expect us to do? Just, we didn't hit pause on life. You know, we still yeah. have games to play, games to beat, which means, yeah, we still got some of the old hopper we're playing around on. Take us through here, Steve. What are some of these games that you're currently trying to knock off that? that sweet old, sweet old back. You know what though? I never introduced us to the show. I never <laughs> once said, Hey, I'm Travis. That's Steve. This was Thanksgiving. Hi, it's the Polykill podcast. We play games and we beat games. And the whole point of the show is to get rid of that backlog, ease the burden of life. And so now that I've done that, oh, I don't know, 18 minutes in, tell us, Steve, what, what are you trying to knock
1: off that backlog? Oh, I <laughs> love the, I love if you sat through the stink discussion, you probably did want to know mm-hmm. our names, so thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one that did all of that was Steve. Again, I am Travis. <laughs> that was
1: Steve. Yeah. Uh, you'll find I'm often crude in this way. Uh, so <laughs> I did a little Black Friday shopping. I don't know. I should ask. Did you Did you pop on any game purchases for Black Friday? I did do the Target
0: uh, two, two, two for one, buy buy two, get one, whatever. Buy one, get two? Mm-hmm. No, two for one. Buy two, get one. And I bought three Switch games. One of them is the one that you're going to mention here soon, Cruise and Blast. I also got Ooh. Maneater, and I picked up Hades.
1: Oh, my gosh. You are in for a treat. Hades is
0: incredible. I'm pretty sure I picked up games that were just already on Game Pass, but I love my
1: Switch. So fight me in the parking lot if you want, but I'm set. You, I will, as an aside, I will say you have to like Hades because after you said you bounced off Control in our previous episode... Leah almost disavowed you. I was almost not allowed to come back on the podcast. She was so upset. Jesus Christ. The whole, the discord turned on me. I'm a villain. (laughs) Yeah. You're the evil villain. So I don't want to, you know, sound bossy, but improve your taste. (laughs) Just get better taste. I will try. But, But I did. I popped on a couple Black Friday deals, mostly from Best Buy. And it was one of those things where I was going, there was one game I want, which I haven't even received or played. I won't even talk about here. But, you know, you're on the site and you're like, well... Thirty bucks. I'm gonna pay for shipping like a chump. Let's crank that number up a bit, bump it into the free shipping range. Yep, yep. And so one of the games that I really wanted that I added was Cruisin' Blast. You know, good to see a new cruising game. And I have actually, I just uh, uh, earlier in the week for the aforementioned Leah's birthday, uh, we went to a Dave and Buster's locally. We played some some games. We played like some the the arcade Mario Kart, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the arcade games there was Cruising Blast too, and that kind of like reinvigorated my desire to to pick up this game because I'd heard that it was fun. But man, Cruise and Blast is it is awesome. It's a blast, right? It's yeah, so good. I mean, there's kind of an elephant in the room that you got to get out of the way, which is it doesn't have online multiplayer, which is a bummer. But if you even notice that, if you're looking for a single player cruising game or a single player racing game, oh my gosh, it's just colors coming at you constantly the the track design is so clever like every level has like an earthquake that cuts down the middle of it or a monster like yeti that smashes a a lake of ice and you fall into a jungle underneath inexplicably it's just i don't know it's just super fun it has these different keys that are layered throughout the game then you can like as you're going through try to track down the keys Mm -hmm. to unlock bonus cars and stuff and then the cars you unlock are ridiculous. The last the They're last awesome. two cars I unlocked was, were an, an attack helicopter and a unicorn. So Yep,
0: yep. I, oh. I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, I, to, to get ahead of the next segment, uh, I did, when I, I mentioned I bought this, I also played through and finished it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to echo everything you said. It's great. And I, I remember, uh, I think when it first came out, you and I were talking about how we watched uh, Pete Doerr, I think, play a little bit of that. Yep. Because, you know, he he's usually the first. Anything that has... Any tangential relation to anything that came out in the '90s, Pete is all over, and so cruising fit that. And so everyone, you know, all of us 35 and up dads are in there watching. Like, is it a good cruising, Pete? Oh, it's a good cruising, ain't it, Pete? And it is a good one. Like you said, the environmental chaos is awesome to see. It feels like an arcade game uh, because of all that. Like you know how yeah. arcade games are usually, especially the racing ones, are are, are larger than life these days. Um, more than they were, you know, in, in you know the, the 90s cruising where it was just like, oh, my God, I'm racing in California because the trees are big. Now it's like I'm racing down through – like there's an iceberg crashing and I'm falling through a planet and there's a, a Yeti, like you said. Yeah, so it's it's insane stuff. It's really cool. I think I, I unlocked a dinosaur, which was fucking awesome.
1: That's – see, and I haven't gotten that far, but I can see that there's a dino cup I haven't unlocked yet. So mm, I'm
0: pumped to go. there. And it's also cool. I don't know what – you know how they do it, but – it feels like every single time you win, it's by less than a second. Like, it's, every time it's you win, close. it feels insane.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a nail-biter every time.
0: And it's not that it's hard. It's just always competitive as hell, and it's super mm-hmm. fun. Highly yeah. recommend it. If you have a Switch and uh, you have an affinity for arcade racers, Cruise and Blast, a
1: blast. I knew I would like it after watching some of Pete's stream, but getting it in my hands and actually playing it, I'd like it even more than I thought I would. Like one of the best racers if not the best racer I've played in the last handful of years just Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a big dumb smile game you put it on you're like it propels you forward it does it wants you to have fun like you can't even crash into walls and skid out really if you run too hard into a wall your car like does an aerial 360 and lands back on the track and just keeps going forward so just just crazy awesome I was just gonna play it for a little while too like I was like let me just put this let me just try it
0: let me just play around with it for. A little. Let me just maybe get a race in. Maybe do a race or two, and then like 1:30 a.m. I'm like, one more race and I get the last cup. I get the last cup on a work night. R- ridiculous.
1: I'm I'm so mad at myself. Same exact thing happened to me. I started. I beat another game, and then I was like, I got to start something up. 10:30 at night, started cruising blast. Like I'll mess around with this for an hour. You know, maybe listen to a podcast or something on the side. And suddenly it's 2 in the morning, and I'm actively having to tell myself, no, you have to go to bed so you can wake <laughs> yeah. up and play more Cruise and Blast. Yeah. So, it's too better than it needs to be. Yeah. Love that one. Glad to hear that you uh, made your way through it. You love it, too, because I think, I don't know, w- really just like a surprise hit for me. Um, and then the other game I've been playing is AI The Somnium Files. So I can't – I honestly can't remember. Have we talked about this game on the I podcast I don't even before? know how you – what you said – so, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I I went on a work trip basically right after we recorded our last episode. I was going to a conference in Florida for three or four days. So I needed something on the Switch that I could entertain myself with. The last time I was on a plane recently, I used Golf Story for that. But I, I managed to get my way through Golf Story. And so I, I wanted something new to play. And I was like, I should play something that is, like, really text heavy because i don't know if you ever encounter this but games that are really story driven like visual novels even rpgs i just don't feel like i can find the time for as easily Mm -hmm. because either by circumstance or like just self-imposed rules i always feel like i want to or should be splitting my attention between two things or at the very least i just feel guilty that i'm like heads down in this thing and like disengaging from the world around me so I don't think that that is like how I should feel, but it is how my brain works. And as a result, I end up having a bit of a bias away from starting these types of games. But no, I was I'm like, with
0: you. I, I see it as like the uh, the prison conundrum. It's like, you know, if I ever went to prison, boy, I'd get some reading done. Yeah. And that's how I feel about getting on a plane. I'm like, ah, I better get something I got to read. That way, you know, I'm, I'm less likely to split my attention from it. If I'm like locked in a seat with no leg room for the next four hours, I will be able to play this uninterrupted.
1: Yes. Again, I hate to keep taking you on tangents on an already girthy episode here. Girthy. But when Thick. I got on this plane, the the girl sat next to me, and I kid you not, three and a half hour flight. I mean, this was Minnesota to Florida. So we're going a <laughs> top to bottom. And mm-hmm. she sits down next to me and she just puts her like head into her hands, not like just kind of leans there. And just stares forward for three hours. What the? Fuck? She didn't. Did she, she have a window seat? Didn't. Re- no, I was in the window seat. She's in the middle seat. What? The she did. The only entertainment she put on the flight and the seat in front of her was they have like the the flight tracker that shows you like where you oh, are. Oh yeah. yeah. she just stared at a map? Yeah, of a plane moving extremely slowly. She didn't look at her phone. She didn't listen to music. Wow. She didn't put on a show. She didn't even talk to her boyfriend or what I assume is her boyfriend that was next to her. She just stared forward and I was like, this is either the creepiest thing I've ever seen or you have like self-actualized into some form of super meditation that I only hope that I can possibly achieve someday. Or she was like on a revenge
0: mission and that's all she was. She was flying (laughs) to Florida to kill somebody. (laughs) So true. she was just reviewing her plan over and over in her head. Good Lord. <laughs> I can't imagine the psychopath that could just sit on a plane and stare at the back of a seat for three
1: hours. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so I didn't do that. I played my Nintendo Switch. Fuck and yeah, buddy. We popped in AI Somnium Files, which is a game that I really thought I was going to play as soon as it came out, but it's just I kept putting it off, kept putting it off. It is mostly a visual novel. I should have looked this up before the show, uh, but I, I believe it is by some of the same talent as the zero escape games, like nine. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and it kind of has that feel that like mix of visual novel and a little bit of action, but it's a little more visual novel heavy. So mm. you play as a, a detective names date and you're trying to solve uh, it. Mean, you're trying to solve a lot of different crimes and, and murders mm-hmm. and whatnot. The way that he does that is they have this machine called the Sync machine. That lets him for six minutes, basically like using some form of nanomachines or something, go into the dreams of other people. And the idea being that when he's in the dreams of, you know, either the suspects for these crimes or, or other people, that it's constructed out of their memories. So only things that they actually know are can create that dream world but the logic will be very dreamlike like you know when you dream and like physics are just different or things just don't behave as they do in the real world it's like that so you're doing like puzzle solving on this sort of like time based mechanic when you're inside these dream worlds and then you're just doing a lot of talking to people and going around to different locations and stuff outside of that I'm probably Hmm. eight hours in really really well written great voice acting and super interesting I'm definitely going to keep going on it But uh, I know people have started to talk about this one a little more because a sequel got announced, but I still feel like it's not super, super popular. So I would definitely, for anyone that likes, you know, like the Ace Attorneys or the Zero Escape games, check out uh, AI The Somnium Files because it is, it's like a, it's probably one of the better visual novels on the Switch that I don't think a lot of people are checking out.
0: Very cool. Yeah, on the Switch, I'm looking it up here. It looks like it's about a 25 to 30 hour Ordeal, which is surprising. That's a long that's a long reader. I don't have yeah. audiobooks that are that long.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's one of those two that has um like Virtue's Last Reward if you've played that, where there are splits in the timeline and then you can jump back to the branch and play the story down from the other side. And I'm assuming that the true ending requires you to kind of experience all that stuff, so uh, true endings, my arc nemesis. <laughs> oh,
0: but that's cool that sounds interesting it sounds like something up my alley i don't that's a long commitment for a game like that for me
1: uh personally but um i'm in i'm enticed yeah i'll, I'll let you know if it it stays interesting i feel like it does have a good kind of opening salvo of intrigue and as long as it stays strong i'll I'll bring it back when we beat it and i'll i'll nudge you one more time towards getting it
0: right on brother well hey for me i don't know if you've seen oh brother we're out now we're out now Whoa, oh,
1: wha- brother, wha- where
0: da- art thou? <laughs> Wild now oh, brother. brother, where art thou? But uh, I am a man playing Dawn of Sorrow. I'm playing Dawn of Sorrow. I've been holding that joke back for 14-odd days or so, just to do that uh, that, old,
1: that little <laughs> ditty about the uh, Dawn of Sorrow there. Yeah, so. wrote it on your hand. Oh. Didn't want to wash your hands so you wouldn't forget it.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Stinkier than Yoshi's tongue. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, a little backstory on this one. Well... There's, there's two frames of backstory here. One is that we have to beat a game on every console that we own. I own a DS. I haven't beaten a game on a DS yet because I feel like most of my DS games, no offense to myself, garbage. Mm. So I had to go out and get some good ones, uh, to fulfill this, this g- adventure that we're on, um, with our backlog. So thanks to our friend of Petey's Power Hour, Michelle, she had some of these DS Castlevanias hanging around mm. and sold them to me, so I got Dawn of Sorrow and I got Portrait of Ruin, and so I in, in chronological fashion I went with Dawn of Sorrow first. And I'm just not putting together that Dawn of Sorrow. Th- the DS of that is yes. the initials of the console, um, of course. Of course, it would. Be. I love that, but I just noticed it. But it's uh, it's. I mean, it's it's like all. It's like most of them. Yeah, and it's great because of that. It's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to yeah. be, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, I'll, I mean, I should have her done by the time we talk again, but man, I, I'm so in, like in love with that formula to like, from the very beginning of it, when I could just press to go right and then and slash at a hanging uh, wall fixture, a lighted wall fixture, I was like, oh, this is what I wanted so bad. Oh, <laughs> oh, the Castlevania. I'll just love, oh. I love that formula. So rinse, repeat me on that, man. It's yeah. good stuff.
1: I'm glad you're loving it. The one thing I remember about that one is I don't know if you're far enough to have fought any of like the, the major bosses, but I think isn't that the one where you need to draw like a symbol to like seal the boss away when you yeah. do it?
0: Yeah, they have like a last stanza of fighting them that if you if you mess that up, you have to fight them back down to that point of their health again to put them away. And I fumbled that a couple of times. The yeah. first time I couldn't get my pin out fast enough, because <laughs> I, I tried to do it with my finger once, and that didn't work. It didn't like take. And so I was like, "Oh shit!" I get, so now I play with like the stylus kind of between my fingers, which yeah. is not very comfortable. So that's a complaint about this game: is that you do kind of have to be on the ready to to uh, insert a, a not even that easy of a symbol. So it was. I, I memorize,
1: remember it being strict; like you have to be pretty be, precise. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or else you have to continue to fight the boss. But all of that aside, it's a great time. It's a good time. I think you have to blow at your DS at some point, too. Somebody warned me about that. They're like, oh, that's one of those you got to blow. I was like, I do hate that. I feel <laughs> dumb doing it.
1: I hate that because I swear someone is always in the room with me. I mean, it's usually Aaliyah. Right. But there's nothing There's nothing in life I'm more sheepish about than like having to lean in all close to the DS and try to do it without being noticed. And, yeah, and every God time without fail... She clocks it, she stares at me, I'm like, sorry. sorry.
0: So what you have, like, was it like, lint on your, like, cat hair? I had cat hair on the screen. <laughs> I don't know why Why admitting it's a part of the game is, is so embarrassing, but it is. Yeah. The other thing that I'm playing on, so I got two here, you had two. Uh, so Brian and I finished a game that I'm going to bring up again here in the credit section, but we started a classic spooker that's going up in price. Boy, she's yeah. coveted. Yeah. And that's obscure. And, uh... Kind of obscure, to be honest with you. Now this is firmly planted in 2004, which is uh, indicative by the cover saying "with music featuring some 41." <laughs> and then when you started, huh. it's just some 41 just fucking banging, man. Yeah, just, buddy. Like the whole intro, like it doesn't feel creepy at all. It feels like Jason Biggs is going to walk out with like a pie on his dong. Like it feels like it feels like a teenage comedy. And then they remembered, like, oh, that's right, we're making a scary game. And then it gets they they mute all the colors and everything turns gray and it gets spooky. Brian and I played this. Uh, he came over on so we're recording this on a Sunday. He came over on Friday night. We played this for a little bit. Started it up first. First thing he said to me was, uh, I played this when it came out with a buddy. And I'm pretty sure it's two player. And I was like, is it really? Huh. I didn't know that because we, as before he came, I was watching the demo, like remember when games had that, like you didn't hit start yeah. and then it would just play itself for a little bit. Yep. And like, it didn't look two player. And the menu says new game and like audio options. I was like, no, nah, I don't think, doesn't say anything about, I don't think we can do two player. He's like, I swear when I play, I played this with a buddy, like in 2004, we were both playing. I'm like, I think your controller was plugged in. I believe you. I think some, I don't think both were. I don't think it was, but it turns out we had to look it up. We even broke out the manual. I never have to do this, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, hold on. I have, I have literature that came with the game. I bet that I bet it has it in there. <laughs> yeah. I've not done this in years, but I bet it's in there. So we opened up the box and we flipped through. And uh, there's a part of the game where you can play two player. You, you, you interact with a, an NPC, and then the first player gives them permission. They can jump in. Now, this is where the jank. The jank, Ooh. oh, the jank comes in hard because you yes. share an inventory, and it all, the camera follows exactly one person, and you never know who it's going to be. <laughs> and <laughs> and the game there, there's no like there's no health meter. You just get hit until you die, and you the controller like throbs, and your your player's like, oh, I don't feel so good. I feel like I'm going to die. That that's way too late at that point when that happens. Like the health that you get, like the energy drinks never seem to do enough. It's like, how many of these things do I got to chuck? Also, it's like they're clearly monster energy drinks that you take for health. That's (laughs) not good messaging. Come on. Come on. Where was Michelle Obama? You can't, you can't be, (laughs) that's too much sugar. You're going to, ah, diabetes. But it's pretty janky. It's got to say, it's pretty hard. So we ran through it the first time. We missed so much because we didn't know, like, the enemies were too hard. We're like, do you just run from them? So we're running from them. And, I would say before we got to like the third chapter of eleven chapters in the game, we lost. Everybody was dead. We had no oh, huh. ammo or anything like that. And I was like, Brian, I think we missed something. I think we missed something. He's like, Yeah, I don't remember it being this hard when we played it in 2004. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, Yeah, I guess you and a guy did play. I guess I do believe the two-player thing now. I was like, Okay, so let's let's try it again. Let's load a save back to where we were all alive and we were you know brave little boys and we we were excited about this game let's go back to there and this is like eleven thirty. it's already late i'm like let's see how far we can get i'm back that we missed one door oh my god! in that gosh. first this janitor's closet off to the side that you couldn't say we missed it and inside there was like tons of flashlights and all these all these guns <laughs> and then uh we we got so much further than the, we missed one room and it changed the whole thing <laughs> Changed the whole thing <laughs> that second time you're strapped up you're ready to go Fuck yeah, dude. But we were a little smarter, too. We knew where all the scary things were, and we had a better plan. I mean, that helped, too. But uh, just a, a tale of two games, man, right there. Just the first time, like, I don't think we can finish this. We should put it away uh, to, uh, would you want to do it again? Because uh, right now we're strapped. We've got so much <laughs> ammo. Like, it, was, it was a completely different experience. So I'm glad we stuck with it. But, man, if you're out there and you're looking for a real janker of a spooker, Obscure is. Mm. Plus, you get some forty one.
1: I don't know what they say ever, <laughs> but they're good. Your your some forty one impression has real like half pop punk, half eighties hair metal energy.
0: Well, I'm old, <laughs> but I, I'm going to take what you said there as a compliment. And speaking yeah. of a compliment, folks, if you like what you're hearing so far, and how could you not? Yeah, I mean, we've already on. talked about Wario's belly button and some forty one and pumpkin pie-smudged, clear, mirrored seats for your butthole. We've got more where that comes from. Because over on our website. Yeah, unfortunately. Over on our website, polymedianetwork.com, we have pictures of all the things we've described. No, no, no. We have more podcasts. You can find Drunk Friend. You know, if you like other creative folks, maybe you're going to MAGFest. You're like, i to heard MAGFest. We've talked to guy from Bit Brigade, the guy, Noah, the guy that plays the games. We've talked to him. We've talked to Sam from the Super Guitar Bros. We've talked to Mariachi Entertainment System. We've talked to everybody, dude. Yeah. So you want to go up there. You want to listen to that. That's, that's me. That's Alex from, from Snest Drunk. It's it's fun podcast. Check it out.
1: Yeah, great stuff. And you know what? While you're on polymedianetwork.com, checking out that, you can check out a whole bunch of other shows, including PD's Power Hour, which is all mm. things alcohol trivia, good times. Latest episode, I had Pam of Cannot Be Tamed, friend of the show. And I know everyone out there loves that channel. So go listen to that episode, and when you're done with it, you can check out Petey's YouTube channel, Petey's Power Minutes, which uh, you know, it's just an hour or, or an hour, just a minute-long opportunity to listen to some RPG music, learn how to make a beverage. It's a good time.
0: It's a great time. You know, I, I, didn't, I hadn't brought this up yet, but I went I had a, a race with my feet. Not a car race like cool people do. I didn't lower my shades and rev up my engine. No, I had to go, I had to drive seven hours, get out of the car then run on my in my shoes uh, (laughs) for a very long time i saw on twitter it it seemed to
1: be a race from your game room to someone else's game room (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it
0: was. It was. It took nine days to get there. But no, I, I, I did a 25K. If you know uh, Duke, of course, yeah. retro nonsense, his wife, Tara Mildenberger, who was a guest. It's all comes full circle on the Drunk Friend podcast. And Petey, of course, was a guest host uh, mm, this past week sure. because I was not there. But I got to I got to go hang out with Michelle after that race. Of course, I got to hang out with Duke. I know Duke's a big killer poly- Duke, it was fun. Duke's game room, by the way. <laughs> very concise very nice mm. you, he needs to show it off more it is
1: fantastic I had so much fun it, you were the ugliest part of the picture of, I know, of you right? standing there. I felt it. bad
0: yeah. I was like no 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 good, more to the left get me out <laughs> of this I'm just standing here admiring things uh, but no I got I got to go hang out with Petey I got to see Petey's liquor shelf in, in person it is wow. more impressive than any of our game rooms uh, and uh, she has a neat house, too. I'll just say it. She's she's really, really cool. Very very hospitable weekend. Uh, she dealt with me while I complained like an old man because I felt like a World War II vet after my race. And I just <laughs> hobbled around her house moaning and uh, hoping <laughs> for someone to put me out of my misery. But I made it home. So thank you, PD, for being hospitable and for uh, stepping in there for the Drunk Friend podcast. It turned out wonderful, as I expected that it would. And while I'm still talking, please check out The Tales of the Lesser medium podcast because we got this we got some episodes out there steve brought it up earlier yeah i'm feeling pretty full of it yeah. we got we got a whole season dropping left right and center we got five episodes that are coming out four of them are already i think it's three of them three of them are already out there you can get on your little phone and listen to it wherever you want it's great it's about gears <laughs> of war we got gears of war in there we got, yeah. some, we got some good characters we got marcus phoenix in there we got dizzy Wallen. Caleb's hilarious. In it. It's funny. It's funny as shit. Go listen to it. we got two more episodes uh, left in that, and then we've written another script for another episode for a different game to come after, maybe around Christmas, so we hit it hot. So when I took my break, I didn't
1: really take a break, but I'm excited uh, for what what's coming out there, so please check those out. Hey, even if your break's just you putting some time into your passion project, I know. You just hang no, around yeah. here because you need someone to talk about games with so that you can go Focus your real energy on what you care about. I, I got it. I'm hey, not, not fan. You know, good. Good. Speaking I of podca- you, I was really worried you would be. <laughs> Speaking of podcasts that we like more than Polykill that we do with other people that aren't each other, uh, you can also check out IndieQuest. <laughs> all right? It's your exploration of all things indie games. We talk about uh, the ones that are just coming out. We talk about ones that came out many a moon ago. And slowly but surely over the lifetime of that podcast, we've been building the Quest Log, which is an ongoing list of all indie games that you should check out. We break them down, we sort them out so that you know what cool games are out there that you could give some attention to. And when you listen to that, you're going to think, oh my god, that was so good. What can I do now? Let me tell you. I'm going to hop over to Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you consume your podcasts, Leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing well. If there's anything that you want to see us do that we're not, let us know. Uh, and it helps the show out, helps us out, helps us to produce better shows that you will then enjoy more. You see, it's it's a it's a positive feedback loop. It just keeps growing and improving. So we appreciate it when you do.
0: We certainly do, and uh, please, please do it. It's not just a thing Steve says because it's written on this piece of paper and he gets to it and feels like he has to <laughs> say it. Please. Go rate us on iTunes. It's not that hard. Just go fucking do it. It'll be great. It'll be good for you, good for us. Scratch your back, scratch our back kind of thing. Fuck yeah. oh, God. Alright. Uh, we also have a Patreon, so if you want to support us that way, if you're like, man, I don't feel like waiting a review. I just want to give you my money. That's fine. You can go to Patreon.com forward slash Polykill, and we won't talk you out of that decision. Uh, you can find a tier there that works for you if you're interested in helping out the show or our network of shows here. They all benefit from that, and we're very thankful
1: for it. You will get access to our Discord, which is god maybe the best thing i'm gonna it's say tru- it's the best truly the best thing it's one of those situations where you listen to the show and then you get in the discord and you ask yourself how is it possible that a show this dumb can attract right so many talented funny like genuinely kind people it is it it, it feels like a sham but i assure you it's not it does it feels. it does feel like a sham you're right
0: uh, but you'll get early access to other stuff too. If you're like, well the Discord's fine, I don't really like to talk to people. That's fine. You can get early access to like Nest Friend videos or those PD Power PD's power minutes we talked about, or maybe even a Tales of the Lesser Medium when those roll around every couple of months, or anything else that we have that's free for early access or available for early access. And sometimes you get to, you get an early poly kill if I get it or if I get her edited or edited her up. If I get her edited her up. Mm. <laughs> early there's also a tier where you can influence the show with your own top five suggestions and topics of discussion I'm going to tell you right now folks no one's using it so if you're like I got an idea there's no line go get in there and go give (laughs) one Uh, yours will go straight to the top
1: yeah the power is in your hands but if you want to reach out to the show right now you're like yeah I'm not I mean my wallet's not nearby but I still want to talk to you guys there's a way to do it you can reach out to us via email polycopodcast at gmail.com just drop us a line say hey guys is, there, is everything okay? Like, you talk about buttholes a lot. Like, are you guys... Yeah. Is, is it good? And it, it is good, but we'll let you know that live on air. <laughs> and otherwise, we'll generally read whatever it is that you send in. As, as evidenced by, apparently, I haven't read it yet. I haven't screened it. But apparently, we have just mm. a, an objectively mean email coming up. So, I oh. look forward to that.
0: It's a nasty one, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, and also, we did get that... Um, we got that cipher... That uh, Deej sent in on you know, classic uh, Derek from uh, the Cartridge Club sent us uh, mm-hmm. a cipher, and I meant to tell you, Steve, I solved that old son of a bitch. I think either I solved it or it is the craziest coincidence for word-for-word for word, <laughs> uh, matching ever uh, to be done. But uh, and I don't remember it. I meant to pull it up, but it's something about ketchup. So I will tell. I'll tell you later. <laughs> all right, because I didn't. I, I didn't Sounds write good. it down. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's funny. Thanks, Derek. Um, <laughs> Try again, Speaking buddy. of nothing, yeah, speaking of nothing I just said, okay, you remember, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, we got, this is games that we beat, and it's a long list, so maybe go get a drink and uh, come back, because we're about to get, we're about to get in there, I'm about to do it. So, if you remember, I guess it was the last episode that we had, episode 30, I was real super duper excited about the game Unpacking mm-hmm. that was in my in the coming now section. And I'll admit, a lot of times in the coming now section, I just feel obligated to say a game that, you know, maybe it harkens back to a series that I've enjoyed at some point. It has some familiarity. Maybe it just kind of looks okay. I don't really have a plan in mind to purchase it. It's just like, oh, okay, that seems neat. Maybe one day, probably not. I just pessimistically say, backlog's already too big, I got other stuff way ahead of it, whatever. Unpacking did something to my brain that as soon as I saw it, I was like, I had never, I haven't done this in years. I was so excited. I The day that it came out, I was just hitting refresh on Steam until oh. it would let me pay for it, and I was able to play it, and it's so cool, it's so relaxing. I bought it twice, actually. I bought it on Steam so that I could play it during work, because... <laughs> I got this nice two computer setup and no one can really tell where I'm looking. So I was unpacking and just to give you some, you know, e- e- the game is really simple to describe it if you're familiar with it. Um, you know, there's not there's not a ton to it, but at the same time there's a lot to it. So you, and, and Steve, I think you're familiar with it. Um mm-hmm. But basically, it, 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 there's a bit of a story to it, but all you're doing, there's no dialogue, there's no cutscenes, there's nothing like that. You're just presented with a room and some boxes like you just moved in. You just pack some some old Amazon boxes and you got some paper on top and you take the paper off and like, boom, okay, there's a notebook, I'll put that on the shelf. Boom, there's a soccer ball, I'll put that in the corner. And each room that you get is like a different level and it takes you through this period in someone's life and you can see... Their life changed by the their life changed by the material objects that they either hold on to or lose mm. or acquire throughout their life, and that's where it gets deep. Now, I will admit, on my first playthrough, it was really for me just aesthetic organizing. Yeah, like I'm not an organized person, but digitally, I'll my spreadsheets are good, my folders are nice and neat, my my unpacking game is good. My desk right now looks like I hoarder. Like <laughs> stage one, I'll say stage one, like we're not to the point of being on A&E yet, but um we're getting there. But like in that game is so cathartic to like every, everything that's similar, put it on this shelf, put, you know, arrange things like I would do it if I weren't a lazy fuck and had more time to actually do it in real life. Did that while I was at work, you know, because I was, it's not, I don't have to listen to anything. I could just, people were talking and I could just arrange this room and it was so awesome. I played it for two and a half hours. It's all it takes to beat it. And then I watched Pete play it, Mm. Pete Dore, We already brought him up. Huge fan of Pete. And he goes the extra mile where he's inspecting every object and kind of coming up with a backstory for why it exists. And he unlocked so many things about that game that were very tiny and like part of a story that I didn't catch. Mm. Like reasons why certain things, like when you moved in with the boyfriend, why these certain things uh, had to be sacrificed. And then later when you can tell that, okay, now I'm living on my own again, the boyfriend's gone. There's certain pictures that have to go in drawers and not on not on a wall and mm. things like that. And you kind of get this feeling of of loss and things like that. And so there's a, so much more to it than you would expect. And so I enjoyed it so much. I bought it again on the Switch for my wife to dabble with, and oh. because I, she has a bit of a she has more of an organized brain than me. So I thought mm. she would certainly, if she didn't appreciate the nuanced story, she would enjoy putting things in their rightful place. So I could I can't. You know, exalted enough. I think it's a great, great game. Good experience. A very light experience. Two and a half hours tops, and you're good. It's super replayable, too, I think. So, unpacking, great. And also, it knocked out the PC
1: requirement that I needed for this year's challenge. So, uh not I, I mean, birds. everything you just said sounds amazing. And not to dig in on just kind of one of the technical pieces, but... How did how did it play on the Switch? How'd you like the Switch version of it? Because I couldn't tell from trailers and stuff if a mouse was gonna like really be an important part of the experience.
0: Yeah, I would say the mouse is king for this. Okay. You, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, my wife doesn't have a computer setup. This is the only way I could get it to her. Okay, uh, but but there's you know you can you can pinch and move things around. I mean it's it's I would say it's intuitive, but it's it's going to be easier with a mouse. I, but you reminded me of a thing that I wanted to mention was the sound design in this game is next level. Like, Hmm. you wouldn't think about it, but, like, every surface has its own individual sound file. So, like, if you set, like, an object on metal, it it does a ting, satisfying ting, or on wood, it's a little knock. And you could play with that by itself and have, like, an hour of fun just experimenting with the way different surfaces sound. It's phenomenally done.
1: This has been, like, one that I've wanted to get to by the end of the year. I feel like I'm going to be sad if we get through goatee season and I haven't played it. And I was kind of waffling. I feel like you've nudged me where I'm gonna have to, gonna have to carve out the time to play it. It it it's so like it's squarely you're talking about like, you know, holding on to items and what they represent to you and like the the meaning behind mm-hmm. them. Like you're speaking my language, buddy. I mean, this is exactly yeah. what we what we do. So Ooh. it's good. It's right. good stuff. Yeah.
0: I don't know if it's got enough meat on the bones for a goatee, but it is definitely a uh, a hero
1: that should be sung at the end of the year, no matter what. Heck yeah. Um, all right. So I think you and I we will probably ping pong back and forth a little bit here because I think that we're kind of dealing with the same situation and I'm actually gonna be honest when, when we get through this girthy, the, the wide portion of this episode, uh, you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, but I actually cut down my list of beats. This is not the Whoa. full list. I, I cut out what I think is like, I basically took out anything that wasn't for our system challenge. Because right, right. We're getting the down same. to it. You
0: took off. You said you said you took off seven. I took off one. So, <laughs> so and and you already have easily maybe exactly twice as many games as me. So,
1: yeah, you <laughs> had a good month. We did. Um, and I mean we we can circle back at the end, but I will say we'll we'll do a little bit of update when we talk through all these games to see where we're at. But I will say I'm, I'm sure I'm looking good. But the first one I beat, I had to pop in a Dreamcast one. We streamed this one. I was like, all right. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I pulled out the How Long to Beats. You know, I did that for a lot of these. I don't got time to mess around with a 20, 30-hour game. As much as I'd like to, I got I to gotta get something beatable. And so mm-hmm. I looked, and my, my options were Space Channel 5, which I've never finished, and Floigen Bros. And I, I landed <laughs> on, for whatever reason, I landed on Floigen Bros. I thought it would make a better stream. Is essentially why I chose it. And, man, weird game. Weird Dreamcast game. The First off, the full title is Floygin Bros. Episode 1. Tragically, there's no episode 2. Oh, no. It it, it did not perform well, I don't think. And I, I kind of see why, but it's one of those games that I really like because it's just different. It's trying something. It's kind of slipping on the peel a little bit. But overall, it's entertaining. So the idea of this game is you play as two brothers, Floygin and Moygin... And they kind of have like a uh like the relationship from the characters of, of Mice and Men is the best way I can describe it. One of them's kind of like a lumbering oaf and then one mm-hmm. of them's like the smaller, wittier, protective brother. And mm-hmm. I think the older brother is Moigan. You never play as him. You play as the younger one, the the, the shorter one. And the Moigan, the character you don't play as, has like an AI that sort of develops as you play the game. And so you'll have to get him to like perform different tasks, but he kind of has a mind of its own or its own of his own. And sometimes we want to do them. Sometimes we want to play with you. He was like, let's play tag. And you just had to play tag to like put him in a good mood and he'll do certain actions based on his emotions. And so sometimes you have to insult him. You have to be like, you're Stinkier than the inside of Wario's belly button, and he'll go. Why'd you do that? And he'll start crying, and you know whatever. And it makes me feel his crying will fill up a river that's dried out, or something like that. Oh wow! Or you sometimes you have to like punch him, and he'll get mad, and he'll chase you, and you need like the the state of him chasing you. And it's essentially like a, I guess a point and click adventure game. It's like an adventure puzzle game. You're just navigating around this kind of like one open area. And manipulating him, essentially, into teaching, like, different abilities and skills and things. And as you go, as you, like, do these different tasks, and especially as you play games with him, you unlock points that you then spend to teach him new things. So, like, you'll teach him, like, how to play hide-and-seek. But then later on, you'll have to teach him, like, story-relevant things. Like, you have to teach him not to be afraid of spiders. So you have to spend the points, and you have to show you... (laughs) Killing a spider and he'll be like, oh, they're not scary anymore. Okay. And then he's not afraid of spiders. Interesting. Yeah. And the whole sounds like an abusive relationship, but (laughs) I mean, yeah, the parts I'm saying really sell it that way, and I'm it (laughs) it probably is to an extent. I will say the the relationship between the two in game, it it's they're very clearly loving brothers. uh, To the point where it's weird when he's yelling. But yeah, you just you're going around this environment, you collect these different pieces of uh you know the MacGuffin that you're gonna use to get to the end credits, and takes about three, four hours and just nothing really else like it, I don't think. Very unique. Again, not not perfect. It's got the jank, buddy. There's jank in there. Yeah. It's it's the type of game where sometimes I was obviously just like, I'm gonna see if I can solve this this puzzle the way they didn't intend can i just like shimmy up this corner this this slope that they don't want me to get up stuff like that but i it's a really interesting two hours two to three hours and Oh I don't it's not, not that long, long. Oh,
0: okay cool yeah well, very cool fun. nice nice uh i'll take one here real quick uh i needed the wii u out of the way And uh, I've been kicking around this this Kirby idea. There's a couple games I was thinking about. It was either this or Mighty Number Nine. And I was like, you know, I tried Mighty Number Nine first to be on to be fair, and it kicked my arse a little too hard. (laughs) Oh, harder than I wanted out of a Wii game because I was like, I kind of don't want to like I want to have a TV show or something on while I do this. (laughs) And and Kirby helped with that. Uh, But man, Kirby ended up being such a banger, man. Kirby and the Rainbow Curse on Wii U is is a solid time. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be locked to the Wii U or, you know, uh, whatever require, whatever console in the f- future that has a stylus, you have to be able to draw in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you're nodding like you've played it. So uh, basically, you create platforms for Kirby. You have like a limited amount of like yarn energy and you can draw some yarn and he, he can bounce, use that as a platform before it disappears. And, uh, it, you know, you get around the levels that way. I was really impressed with the music in this one. Maybe I shouldn't be. But there was a couple levels that I actually went to Spotify and was like, let's hear that fucking shit while I'm, like, working out. In a Kirby game, it's strange. Like, I expect that out of a lot of different franchises. But there's a couple Kirby tracks where I was like, fuck yeah, dude, hit it, Kirby. Hit that curb, I say, before I turn it on. Um, It was pretty good. But, oh, pretty, pretty fun game. And I don't know why I'm always surprised when I have fun with Kirby. Probably because I played a few duds in the middle, but uh, Rainbow Curse is not one of them. I think that's a, one of the highlights of the series. That was a solid, solid time. So yeah. uh, about
1: seven levels. I think it takes maybe four hours to get through, but all in all, pretty good time. It It's a lot of fun. If you haven't picked it up or if you haven't played it, uh, Kirby Canvas Curse on DS is just more of that on the DS. Oh, right it's on. Th- that same exact concept. And it's, it's equally just fun. It's just a good time. Very cool. Uh, so why don't I take a couple here, but we'll start out take with... Take a couple. Uh, Wii U. We both had to be Wii U game. You're not the only, only one. Of course. All and, right. And uh, I, I have a lot of long Wii U games that I have. I, I've been trying to always play something that I've never beaten before. I don't want to double up on a beat. Sure, sure. For the purposes of this. And so I was like, you know what? I need something that I can tuck in between some of these other games that I'm playing. And I chose Nintendo Land, the pack-in that came with the game. Believe it or not, to beat Nintendo Land about a 10-hour experience. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that was shorter than your other ones? Yeah. I mean, other ones I had, like, Resident Evil Revelations. That was a meaty boy. I was it, thinking about playing that one, too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but it is is longer than I was expecting. You know, Tokyo yeah. Mirage Sessions, which is an RPG. Oh, you're done so. with that. Yeah, no. Yeah. There okay. wasn't a lot of options, but. Uh, the Nintendo Land, for anyone that hasn't played it, is the Wii Sports of the Wii U. It's designed to be a minigame collection that shows off the functions of the Wii U gamepad. And so it's split into 12 different minigames that each, like, kind of explore the, the, either the gamepad or the concept of, a, like, asynchronous control in different ways. Some of them are designed to be single-player things that are, like, actually level-based. There's like a 3D space shooter that is like vaguely Metroid skinned. There's a Pikmin clone that essentially just kind of plays like a stripped down version of Pikmin. And then there's some other minigame type things like uh, there's like a like a ninja minigame where you hold the Wii U gamepad kind of flat and then you use your fingers to slide along it like you're flicking a ninja star and it's ah. kind of a, a rail shooting like a gallery shooter, that type of thing. Yeah. And each of these minigames has a criteria where you unlock a star. And when you get the star on all 12, you get the credits. And so for some of the single-player ones, that's just get through all the initial set of levels. Like, get through three or four worlds of stuff. A lot of times you'll get the star, and then they'll say, oh, we unlocked the expert levels for you, and they go do that. Some of them are a little more, like, skill-based. Like, there's a, a sort of, like, call-and-response rhythm game that you do that requires you to use the joysticks to move your character's arms in different directions. And that when you, like, have to get decent at the rhythm game to beat. But then there are three or four, three I think, that require multiple players, that have a minimum two-player requirement. And I had some friends coming in to town for Thanksgiving, and they had some time to stop by, so we were like, you know what, this is the perfect time. So we busted out the Wiimotes, and we played especially two of these games. There's an Animal Crossing one and a Luigi's Mansion one. The Animal Crossing one uh, is a lot of fun. One player, both of these are kind of built around the idea that the person, that The people playing on the TV and the person playing with the gamepad have different information. So the Animal Crossing one, the person with the gamepad controls these two like guards that are holding forks. And then all the other players are Animal Crossing characters that are running around trying to scoop up candy. And the more candy they collect, the slower they run. And then the person on the gamepad is trying to find them in this like maze level and tackle them. So kind of uh-huh. like, imagine like a Pac-Man ghosts situation, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except the ghosts would be the Pac-Man in the situation. and um, They'd be fat with candy. Yep. And so you'd be yeah. hunting around for them and you control two different characters with the two joysticks. So, you know, sometimes they crisscross paths and your brain kind of breaks for a second and that gives them mm-hmm. just enough time to slip away. And it's just goofy, chaotic fun, super like addicting. We ended up basically blasting through getting the star on that. And we're like, well, <laughs> we need more. So we popped in the Luigi's Mansion <laughs> game, which is even cooler. The Luigi's Mansion one, one player plays as the ghost, and then three players play as essentially different Luigis that have flashlights. Also mm. a maze-based thing. Oh, I think I've played this, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So the closer the ghost gets to one of the Luigis, the vibration gets more intense, but they can't see the ghost. And so, you're trying to sneak up on these people, like, trying to bait them into thinking, like, you're close by when you're not, and then sneaking up when their light is either low or when they're distracted by other stuff. And then, you know, every now and again, like, lightning crashes through the level and temporarily reveals the ghost location and stuff. And it ends up just being this kind of, like, mind game of, like, learning how to play against the people you're playing with versus the game itself in a lot of ways. Like, I learned one of the people on our team would always call out to the other two whenever I was nearby. They'd be like, oh, oh, I feel the vibration. He's near. He's near. He's near. And so I would just stay by that person to essentially desensitize them to the vibrations. And then as soon as they like let their guard down because they were just used to feeling the vibration, that's when I'd swoop in and get them. Wow. And so again, we played just like two straight hours of that long beyond the criteria that we needed to actually get this star and just, just had a blast. I, I think Nintendo Land is, is undersold. People just think of it as the pack in, but it is like a legitimately yeah. awesome game. That's true of Wii Sports too, but really it's weird to be saying go buy Nintendo Land, but you should own Nintendo Land if you have a Wii U. It's it's just a hoot. And we we locked in some credits. There you go, buddy. Love to hear that. And you had some good friend time, which I love to hear. Yeah, always love to play the multiplayer stuff. And then we, had, yeah, yeah. we ended up moving on to Overcooked too, but that's for another podcast where we don't have 30 games to talk about. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to a little Sega Master System. Oh. Had to pop in the old SMS. We went with Alex Kidd in High Tech World, which huh. is not great. I don't know
0: if you've yeah. played it. Those Alex Kidd games, it's like, this was going to be the face of your fucking franchise, like your system was going to be Alex Kidd. Thank God for Sonic. Yeah. There's not an Alex
1: Kidd game that I enjoy at all. (laughs) The only one I've liked so far, well, I didn't hate this game. It was fine. You know, it was like a two and a half, three star out of five, whatever. But the only one that I would say was like really fun is Alex kid in Shinobi World. But that's just because right. it's a Shinobi game, basically. <laughs> it's you gotta, yeah, exactly because he had Shinobi in there, exactly. Um, And you've, you've played this one, right? I want to say you brought it to a previous episode. High Tech World? No, this isn't me. Okay. I'm, I've so, not played this one. So this one's... It's set up weird. I don't know what their logic was. It's short, if you know what to do. But in the interest of not, like, cheesing a 20-minute beat, I didn't look up solutions to stuff. Mm. Um, But you start out and you're in this... Uh, like in a castle and you need to find eight pieces of a map to uh, th- the whole goal of the game is to get to the arcade. And so the map is to get you to the town where the arcade is. Cause you want to play the latest Sega games that are in the arcade. Oh, you want to play like other Sega games, not Alex kid. You want to play a good it, one. Literally the, the, the credits is like your character sitting in a sit down cab for like outrun or space hair. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's okay. literally Smart. just advertisement. Um, and so, To find the pieces of this map, it's basically like a time-based point-and-click adventure. You're just walking from rooms to room, talking to people. It's a type of game where I had a piece of paper and I was writing down notes because I was going to need clues for stuff later. A couple of weird, like unintuitive things. You'd find items that you then use in other situations. And the whole time, it starts at nine in the morning. And every time you enter a room, five minutes passes. And if you don't get to the arcade by five when they close, it's a game over. You have to start over. Ah. And so I had a couple runs where I was kind of like learning how to find these different pieces in the map and stuff. And eventually I kind of locked that down, got it. And then you get to the side-scrolling, like basically like a a typical 2D platformer that is so jank. like, this, I don't know, this is not a game that was designed to be a 2D platformer. It's one-hit kill and... Your sprite wow. is huge and clunky, and there's a lot of enemies, and they throw tr- projectiles, sometimes multiple projectiles. So it's just it's tedious. Thankfully, once you get to the platforming section, if you die and restart, you start at the beginning of the platforming section. But made my way through that. Then there's another section of the game where the solution to one of the puzzles is literally to repeat one action a hundred times. Like, what? Like for five minutes, you just sit there basically like talking – over and over and over and over and over and over over to this thing i hate what you said i know it was not good and then there's another platforming section that's shorter and easier than the first one and then you're at the arcade and it's done so so took me about three hours the puzzles weren't always intuitive they weren't great that was probably the best part of the game platforming was rough and then that hundred actions thing even though you know in the grand scheme of things doesn't take that long I just kind of felt like salt in the wound because I was already ready for the game to be done by that point because I knew, you know, how long to be headed at like an hour and a half, two hours. I know that on a puzzle game, I usually have to round up a little bit, but. Right. uh, what wasn't too great, but we ended up locking it down. We got the super master system, super master system. (laughs) You wish. Yeah.
0: If only. You wish it was fucking super. It's a regular old ass master system. (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) Uh, you know i uh, will say though I bought, I bought govelius uh it's coming to me soon I, I i splurged on ebay i saw it for a good price i was like if i ever have to play another sega master system game i want to make sure i got a
1: good one in the hopper <sighs> uh, you know i was so sad because i i have a pretty modest master system collection you know not not huge yeah, would, but i was looking at my shelf and i'm like man we got govelius up there i got golden axe mm-hmm. warrior up there i've got the original fantasy star up there but i don't got time to chew on any of time. those i I got to play the worst game I probably have on the console. That's the situation I find myself in. So It
0: happens. I mean, I, I actually, I think I'd, I might win because I played ALF, and I feel like that's worse. I don't know why I said win. I guess win in terms of, like, please pity me, but I, we both played a shitter on the Sega Master System, and we deserve some type of badge for it.
1: Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> I, I like the console. I did this to myself. I would not recommend Alex Good in tech World to anyone. <laughs> um, but, but I'll ask you. I, I can do another or I can toss to you. You, one. You, want, yeah. you want to hear pop another Pop in one? another one. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else do you got? Pop in another one? Fine. I'll pop in. Pop in B. How about ah, that? Ah, look at that. Look at that segue. We had to get the Super Famicom out of the way. Mm. And I, I have a small seg- or Super Famicom collection. And I've beaten a couple of them already. So it was either some shoot 'em ups that I'm probably not good enough to beat. Or there was a platformer I was going to beat called uh, Super Wagyan Land 2 that I have, but turns out that one is a lot more uh, text heavy and not import friendly than I thought. It's a platformer, but like immediately, like the first thing you do in the game is walk into a house where someone asks you a set of like five multiple choice trivia questions and you need to get every answer correct or you lose a life and start at the beginning of the level it boo it it honestly feels like it's like drm for people that would import it it's just like yeah what the hell throws you out right at the beginning so i had to, Were my the questions my, in english yeah no they're in uh they're oh, okay. all in katakana or whatever so i can possibly guess and then after that you have to do like I managed to cheese my way through that. And then you end up doing like this memory game, but they'll call out, we need you to find pictures of certain things. I assume they're saying, like, find a picture of a chicken on this memory board, which I don't know what they're asking me for. So, <laughs> but so that's I, out. I had one game I was able to get through a vertical scrolling shooter, good one too, Poppin' Twin Uh Just one you know, him up, play as a little, uh, I think he plays what is the Opa Opa? Yeah, like that. yeah. I don't yeah. think it's actually the Opa Opa, but it basically looks like the Opa Opa. Um, right, right. And uh Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just fun. A lot of cute big sprites, a lot of a lot of uh different like environments and stuff. One of those shooters where you have kind of like a dragon spirit or something, where you have the layer you're flying on and then also the ground layer that you have a separate attack to to do some damage to. And very learnable. Very beatable, which I always like in a shoot 'em up, and super fun. I think it's on a bunch of different systems: Super Famicom, Saturn, a couple others too. So um, very import friendly and uh, very cute. I would definitely recommend Pop and dwindby if you're looking for a little vertical scrolling shooter.
0: Heck yeah, and who isn't really, to be honest with you? Yeah, I'm so actually true. glad I don't have a Super Famicom because that would just be one more point of stress in my year of this challenge. So ah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Glad you had to do it, and I didn't. All right, let me jump into one here. You've gone over a few little guys. Let me jump into a little guy myself. Virtual Boy Wario Land. Now you beat. Mm. The, I think last episode we chatted. You played this one, yeah. and I uh, took a turn on it. I also I want to shout out this another Steve. I mean, can there possibly be more possibly be more fantastic Steves in this world? But this this Steve fella sends me this <laughs> Virtual Boy, and says, "Hey, man." I think I talked about this, but he said, Hey man, I want I want you to have this in your collection. I'm trying to slim it down. And I tried to buy it from him and he said, No, 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 I want you to have it. <clears throat> and it came with some games. And it also came at the time that Limited Run pushed out Jeremy Parrish's book about the Virtual Boy. So I bought yeah. it. I bought it. I paid I I put some money toward a virtual boy something. And uh <laughs> now I'm all I'm all Virtual Boy all day. And that came with uh, came with tennis, uh I got Wario. Land. I got um, the pinball game and the, and the boxing game, uh, Tolero Box or whatever. But but I'm focused on this Wario Land, listening to an audio book a little bit, got got the sounds of the game kind of faintly going on in the background there. And I'm having myself a time. And I told you before, my cart doesn't save. I learned that the hard way. I think the oh. battery in there is dead. So that's why I was having the issue because I was like, how you save in that game? And you're like, <laughs> you don't, it does it for you. And I was like, uh-uh, because um, it wasn't. <laughs> so I had to sit there with my neck all craned out like like a fucking egret trying to eat a fish out of a pond <laughs> for uh, like two and a half hours, just taking breaks, just doing the neck rock back and forth, pop 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 pop, uh, and then getting back in there, man. But man, so much fun! What a great game. The Virtual Boy gets a lot of hate, and I think it's undeserved, especially with the games that I have because I think they're all pretty pretty good. And it looks so good; I, I, it's so it's clear amazing, still crisp yeah. and so detailed. Crisp. I can't believe it. Like it, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, it does. And so, uh, had a lot of fun with that because I think it's, it's a great game. I, I feel like there's a way they could have poured it out to 3DS mm-hmm. or, you know, what well, could have done that or even to the Switch as like a downloadable play it thing and maybe, you know, add some color to it. I mean, they could still make it could, it doesn't have to be on the Virtual Boy to be enjoyed. It's, it's, it's a fun, uh, platformer and a lot of cool puzzles, a lot of good personality to it. I haven't played a lot of Wario stuff. Um, cause I think his belly button's too stinky, but <laughs> this, this was great. Virtual boy, Mario land is, is a, a hallmark of that era. In my opinion, that's a, it was a great time. Not very long either. I think again, two hours, I hardly felt it the next morning.
1: Yeah. I'm, the only part I even tripped up a little bit on was the last boss. I don't know about you, but I, I had to run a couple of attempts on that guy.
0: I, th- yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, but even, even still wasn't too bad to figure out. Um, but Yeah. You get a lot of lives. It's pretty pretty forgiving game, all said. Yeah, but. very much so. Uh, but it, good, if good it had time. come
1: out on a more popular console and if it had come mm-hmm. out on a, on a console that didn't, like, sort of have what I think is a unfair reputation for being bad, yeah, I think I this would be you. a lot of people's favorite, like, game Boy, oh, yeah. game Boy Color game of that era. Like, if this was just a Game Boy Color game, people would love it.
0: I, and I think what holds a lot of uh, first party Nintendo platformers back in that time is the difficulty. And this game isn't difficult. It's just plain fun. So I think mm-hmm. if it had landed on like, I don't know, a Super Nintendo or something as like a full game with real like color and shit, uh, I think it would have been an instant classic that people point to and say, that's, that's a great game right there. Because as a, when I was a kid, I could actually play it and I didn't yep. feel like I was just running into a wall constantly. So um, it has that going for it, but unfortunately trapped on the virtual boy that only steve and i and like eight other people on the earth own so we get to enjoy <laughs> it and talk about it here and the rest of you get to just wish you could experience what we experienced so sorry about that
1: <clears throat> yeah the dream of a virtual boy collection coming out on 3ds has passed us by unfortunately so yeah got yeah. uh all right so uh, you know what we talked super famicom let's talk original famicom we we did a stream of this one fan favorite i gotta say yumi penguin Mono monogatari uh, this game, I think, it's a pretty popular import. So you might know this game as the pudgy penguin that needs to lose weight to win his girlfriend back. And wow. if that, if that that's not school. familiar. Yeah, it's just toxic relationship. The game just, tr- just truly <laughs> awful. Uh, so it starts out, you play as this like penguin that is a large penguin. He's stress eating, and ah. this, your girlfriend's on the phone with this like. Chad, other penguin with big sunglasses, he's just looking good, and she's basically like, if you don't get skinny, I'll never take you back, which is weird, because she's in the room with new new penguin boyfriend, but anyways, so you start, you're this fat, waddling penguin, just (laughs) trying to get through, you can barely jump. And as you beat enemies, and then they also drop what I'm assuming are, like, protein shakes or something, you build up (laughs) a meter to lose weight. And the more weight you lose, you get, like, a little zippier. You can jump a little higher. Ah. You start to unlock new attacks, like kick attacks and stuff. Like, you basically get more fit as you play through the game. And then for each level, you need to hit, like, a certain fitness benchmark by the end of the level. So it doesn't have traditional health.
0: Gotta do the V-sit and reach. You remember that? You had the... Fucking break your knees in this old box that they wheeled out from the 60s, and then you got a number, and then you went over, and you, like, had to clutch your ribs, and you're like,
1: oh, I didn't like doing that. Yeah. At the end of every level, you basically have to pass the presidential fitness test. Oh, (laughs) fuck that, man. No thanks. It's it's not good. Um, So already great, great concept. Platforming's fun. Not too hard, because, again, there's no, like, health. It's just when you hit enemies, you, for some reason— lose fitness and so if you take too much damage by the end of the level you won't meet that end of level benchmark and then ah every other level is a side scrolling 'em up and all the same rules apply it's just you're a penguin in a plane and you need to get you and your plane to be more fit <laughs> instead of being too big and
0: wild yeah. i don't hate the concept i mean it's a little demeaning to larger people but like At least they made they tried to make sense of the power ups. Like there's kind of like a they really stuck to that logic, which I think is uh, yeah. Like in Mario, he's like eating mushrooms and shit. Like there's no like sense to like why he has powers. But here we're like dead
1: on. We got to lose a little bit of weight. (laughs) We're honed in on this one this one idea. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, and it's not it's not too terribly long. I think technically it it's like six levels or something. So it's it's an easy beat. I th- I want to say that you do have like a uh, ghouls and ghosts or super ghouls and ghosts. Like you have to beat it twice to get the true ending. Oh, no. But I had That's no not idea. how weight loss works. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that was the case because I willingly beat it twice in a row. So I beat it and um, friend of the show and, and frequenter in, in the Twitch chat, Lindis, who – her day job by trade is that she's a Japanese to English translator. Came oh, in right at the tail end and she was like, Oh, I'm bummed, I missed it. I wanted to see this game. And she was but we agreed, like, well, let's run it again. The cutscenes you can like on the fly let us know what these people are saying yeah. back and forth to each other, and then you can see. So that's the where you learned the story. It was was yeah. a second playthrough. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can get a lot of that from context just from seeing it, but we sure, confirmed sure. all that through the story, and especially some of the more like manipulative things that this girl penguin says uh yeah. and so we ran it a second time and there was just like a little bit more the second time and it showed some some people's names for credits and didn't loop back to the first level again so i'm glad that i ended up doing that wow i don't think you. i would have known uh, and yeah. i would have considered it a beat anyways and i wouldn't begrudge you'd anyone be able, that did and you'd have been living a, a fucking lie a lie, lie. Just, Man, just a falsehood.
0: I would have, th- <laughs> like years from now when I learned that, I'd have thrown the flag on this podcast and been like, Steve didn't finish the challenge <laughs> because uh, he didn't beat that penguin, that fat penguin twice. Like <laughs> didn't he Didn't realize to. we were
1: counting half beats. Didn't know that 50% <laughs> of a game counted, buddy. <laughs> ho, ho, ho.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's There's cool no- though. I mean, uh,
1: I never heard of that before, by the way. It's on Famicom? Yeah, Famicom game. Huh. Uh, very cool. I I definitely recommend checking it out. That could um,
0: be an Sprint. friend. I mean, it's it's well
1: suited. Oh, Very it, interesting. It'd be a hit. Yeah, I I, yeah. I want to say it's it's in like a similar echelon to like a Splatterhouse, One Paku Graffiti, where it's like kind of a known import. Okay, okay. Um, but I'll burn through one or two more here. Uh, sure. Th- this one is maybe the only flex spot. I I technically didn't need to beat this. I wouldn't say for the the every system challenge because it's an arcade game. But I do technically own an arcade game in my house, and it can't really be beaten because it's a rhythm game. But I beat an arcade game, so okay. um, I see what you did here. It is what it is. Uh, I I play my rhythm game every day, if that counts. But uh, when when I was at the Dave and Buster's that I mentioned before for Leah's birthday, you know we were just we were just messing around playing some arcade games, and uh, a buddy of mine went, a buddy of mine and me went all the way through House of the Dead, Scarlet Dawn, which. I might have known existed in the past, but I had forgotten. Did you know that there's an arcade exclusive House of the Dead game? I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Apparently, it has not ever come to home consoles or anything. It came out in like 2018 or 2019, but it's good. Oh, I wow. mean, it's phenomenal. The only problem it has is some slowdown at certain parts, but man, the it it's pretty, looks great, a lot of fun. Uh tons of, you can like hit yourself up with uh you can choose between two different weapons at the start of every level, so there's some variety and like you can do some oh, strategizing cool. about what what you're gonna bring like okay, well, will you bring you know like a grenade launcher and a chain gun, and I'll bring this laser that does more damage, the lower my health is, so that if we get into a dicey situation, I'll be able to like bail us out stuff like that. And like, yeah, you know, we we swiped that card plenty of times to hop back into the game. I'm not saying we As won you CC'd do. this bad boy. No, no, but can't. I mean, we sat there for about an hour and, and burned our way through everything. Ridiculous, ridiculous last boss. The, the last boss is like straight out of Dark Souls. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just, just weird. Totally <laughs> last not boss fitting at all. Cost you 40 bucks all by himself, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, if they cleaned up the some of the like slowdown periods, which is odd because it's like it's an arcade game. You know, it's a very on rails, very tailored experience. You'd think that they always know what's going to be happening at that part of the game.
0: Yeah, if they could that just be you
1: polished, know, take three or four of the zombies out to reduce the poly count, would that help? I don't know. There's probably more going on than my ignorant brain can assess, but. Great game. That really is fun. weird though, yeah. If you ever huh. catch yourself in an arcade that has a uh, Scarlet Dawn cabinet, I want to say they are exclusive to Dave & Busters, or at least they initially released through Dave & Busters exclusively. They may have spread to other places by now. I'd recommend it. Super fun um, uh, light gun shooter. Really really good. That is good to hear. But you know what? Why don't I give you one more? Because I know- Give me one more. Give me one more. I know you got a couple coming up, but I we got to get through these, buddy. I got some girthy ones coming. Hit me. Oh, some beefies. All right. So we went back to the old PlayStation Portable and I rocked out Loco Roco 2. Uh, I, I don't even know if there's that much to say about this one. I mean, if you've ever played Loco Roco, it's just, it's just charm incarnate. It's just good times, good vibes the whole way through. Just cute music, like upbeat, cheerful singing and, uh, like fun platforming. Is this, I can't recall. I want to say I brought *Local Roco one previously, but have you played this franchise at all? I want to say I played it on the
0: PSP. Is that a thing? Is that a, a sentence that people can say?
1: Yeah, uh, that's the console I beat. It was this on PSP,
0: right? Yeah. Oh, okay. You said I didn't hear. you, I thought you said something else. So you, you did play it on the PSP. Yes, the PS Portable. W- I feel like you. saw, I thought you said something like maybe you played it digitally or something. You played. You played like a hard copy on your PSP, right?
1: I put the UMD into a PSP.
0: Man. I don't know what I heard, because when you said it, I was like, huh, I
1: didn't know. I thought Roko was, like, only on the PSP. Well, thankfully, we are being recorded, computer. so we can't go back and check the tapes. There's no way to know what I said. <laughs> Everyone will just have to believe me. Apparently, also, on the PS4, so. Yeah, huh. oh, that's true. Yeah, there was a remaster of some some PSP game. I think Patapon got a, a PS4 version, that, too. And that's what I always confuse Roko with, is Patapon. So, I mean... I don't confuse the two games, but I always mix up those names. Even as I was playing it, I kept Mm. saying to Leah, like, oh, man, Patapon's such a cute game. And she'd be like, you mean Loco Roco? And I'd be like, damn it!
0: (laughs) I'm I'm glad I'm not alone. Okay, so this is all PSP. We heard that right. And you said Loco Roco. You didn't say Patapon. All right, we're all in the same universe. Carry on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. So I power up the PSP. The logo <laughs> hits. <laughs> um, if anyone's never played this before, the concept of the game is that it's a platformer where the L and R buttons tilt the world. So you don't really like run and jump. You just m- change the angle of the world so that your character, who's basically a ball, rolls along. And then as you go through the level, you find fruit and stuff to make your character grow into like a bigger, blobbier version of themselves. And then when you press like circle or something like that uh you'll split into a bunch of little loco rocos so sometimes you'll get to uh, like a small gap that you can't get through and you burst into a bunch of little pieces roll through and then you can like rejoin back up together it's not really ever designed to be that hard it's just Mm -hmm. designed to be charming as heck and it's about a for a platformer pretty meaty it's like a six hour seven hour game oh wow there's there's some chalk to it and there's tons of collectibles that i didn't get everything on or didn't find but yeah it's super super like in my mind classic psp game like when i think of the psp loco roco and Patapon are kind of like the games that are standing next to it in my mind
0: that and luminous
1: yes oh yep and every extent the, extra so
0: yeah the, that's like the the trifecta of like nonsense names and covers Mm-hmm. That I associate with PSP, like I wouldn't know what those games are by name or by looking at them on you know
1: <laughs> on the surface. Super fun, and uh, I, I I think dirt cheap. So if you're looking to build a PSP yeah. collection, sure, it's got the remastered version on PS4, but I mean, it's it's I think it's like five or ten bucks, and it's totally worth it. There you go. I'm glad
0: you had fun with that one because uh, I've always been kind of iffy on whether to try those out. Like, are they the kind of game that you could actually beat? I guess was my concern. Yeah. Um, So that's good. All right, great. So uh, I'm going to jump in here real quick. This is my freshest beat. I finished her up last night. I thought I'd try to squeeze out one more for the episode here because I was like, we're going to make it girthy. We're going all girth. This is going to be the chonkiest. You used chonky already. It's going to be the chonkiest, (laughs) dummy-thick Polykill podcast to ever record. And so I finished Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 on my 360. Now, I remember telling you a couple of weeks ago, I said... I don't think I really need to beat a game on my 360 because uh, all the games that I've owned, I've already beaten. And then after, because and I was proud of that, too, because I was like, oh, the games I want to beat And then I looked and I was like, except for that motherfucker. And I pulled Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 off the shelf and stared oh. at it. I was like, should I just throw you in the garbage? <laughs> just get it. Or should I <laughs> take it out of the list? Uh, but no, we decided to put her in. Now, I'm not a Marvel guy. I've I've said this before. I, I think the movies are fine. I think it's like there's too many. I'm overwhelmed. By the yeah. amount of of superheroness, and uh, I was overwhelmed when I played the game. There's there's more superheroes than I knew could exist. Uh, if there were this many superheroes in real life, we're, we're very lucky. We're very safe, and we have nothing to worry about. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, in this game, that's not the case. But uh, if if you've not played a Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance game, I can definitely speak for the second one in that it is a pretty good time. Hmm. It's a Diablo like. Uh, maybe, maybe more akin to like a Diablo 3 based on the yeah. sophistication of the graphics. This came out on the 360, like, um, late aughts, 08 or so. And, uh, it, it's, it's cool in what it does. So you can play as, you know, all the different, um, heroes. You unlock them as you go. You can even unlock some of the villains that come to the good side at some point. They each have their own unique abilities, their own, um, it, it's a, it's a bit of a watered down leveling up RPG system. Everyone, kind of levels up together but you do unlock different attacks and one really cool thing about it and I think it's, I don't think this was a part of the first Ultimate Alliance based on what I read but in Ultimate Alliance 2 two superheroes you can like reach a point of um, like a power up where you can your powers to do more damage to a boss or like screen clear and stuff like that and so it becomes this kind of nice uh, loop of a game like it's it's very hack and slash but you kind of has a pace to it and uh, I thought that was really fun I thought it was really fun mm. some of the voice acting is just not great and uh, it does. It made me miss 2008 games in the in a small way. <sighs> yeah, where I was like, man, because everyone was really focused on like, all right, now we're going to have a dialogue scene. Let's have two people stand awkwardly. Let's have very staccatic lines that each delivers to one another. Even the aggressive and sarcastic ones won't land. Okay, you guys ready? Let's make this game. And then mm. they made it. And then you're you're like, was he? So is he mad? Hmm, I can't tell. <laughs> There's like no emotion in the lines. But uh, that's a bit of the charm to it. Uh, Deadpool is actually really funny in it, um, hmm. uh, as you would out. probably expect. Yeah. Yep. But uh, but yeah, pretty good time. I, and I know that there was a, uh Ultimate Alliance 3 that released not too, too long ago on your Switch, I think. Yeah. So
1: I don't know what people thought of that. I haven't heard much either way, which surprises me because 1 and 2 is uh, people of a certain vintage – I think maybe maybe like five years younger than me or something. Have a lot of nostalgia mm-hmm. for these Ultimate okay. Alliance games. They really like them, and so Well, uh, they're not I, bad. I'll say that the
0: second one uh, specifically is is it was good. It was probably about nine hours of good times. Those people yeah. aren't wrong, you know. <laughs> but I, I wonder if the th- I did look it up, and they both they reviewed similarly. So, but I don't know if a seventy five which is roughly the Metacritic score of ultimate Alliance two in 2008 yeah. is the same as a 75 in 2020 or whenever yeah. this other one came out, you know, like, uh, I don't know.
1: And, and but, like you're saying, you know, games of that era, taste have changed too. like mm-hmm. some, what people want now. Like you compare 10 years on, like compare what was cool then or ultimate Alliance two versus what's cool now. Like, I don't like a God of war or a Nathan Drake, yeah. just very different vibes. It is true,
0: yeah. Because so. I kind of feel like an Ultimate Alliance 3 is almost like a straight-to-the-bin kind of game these days, despite the Marvel craze that's that we're steeped in. Which is weird. I feel like that game just, I never heard about it. I would have thought mm-hmm. there would be more to it. And maybe people like the more, like, Spider-Man-specific games. So that game was a banger. Like, yeah. maybe they want more of that and less of the... Because this feels almost like these days, this, Ultimate Alliance 2, would be like a mobile game. Mm. You buy characters and that kind of thing, and yeah. uh, there's like a subscription to something. Uh, but no, this uh, I don't know. I speak, I, I can speak highly of too. I think it's um, I think it's a solid game if you if you don't want to think too hard and, and and do some cool stuff.
1: Love it. I and I'm proud of you for for owning up, for being honest about it, for pulling the one it. game off your shelf. If I if I were you, I might have been like I might have pulled that off the shelf. Might have gone upstairs to my very young daughter and said daddy's giving you this game and then i would have <laughs> january 2nd i'd have been like never mind i'm taking it back so that just legally yeah, it was you know legally. what it's in the cayman islands when the rollover hits and it's not your problem Yeah,
0: you know i mean if i'm gonna throw the flag on that half famicom beat i can't have you coming back and throwing the flag on me <laughs> i don't know how you'd have found out but i uh you would have found out somehow so gotta, gotta be on the up and up
1: lucked out that that wasn't like a skyrim or some like like I a know. command oh and conquer on the 360 or something just long have, and absurdly difficult.
0: I would have just went out and bought a different game. That's would, a, I've already done that a couple times in this challenge. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm close. I I didn't mention this in the now playing, but I'm currently working through finishing one of the only consoles I have left is Jaguar. I only have four Jaguar games. Mm. I don't know if any of them are beatable. They're so hard. So They're I'm like, hard. I'm like, dude, what's the easiest Jaguar game that I can get, get shipped to me in the next week?
0: You get that Wolfenstein I'm telling you the Wolfenstein it's it's the the best port uh, it's probably a little bit better than the original and it use it utilizes the Jaguar controller great it looks good sounds good i think that that's I and mean, now it's expensive uh, but I, even i was able to buy the cib version this summer and didn't didn't get broke over it so
1: yeah, well, I, I,
0: that's one i would point you to cuz you had you said you hadn't finished wolfenstein and that's a haul you got to beat that you got to finish yeah. that in your life
1: we'll get you know what? we'll give these like another week of attempts, and otherwise I'm going to be sweating too much and we're going to have to do something. So we'll, do <laughs> we'll some... figure it out. All right, uh, moving on. Moving on. Uh, so you mentioned 360. Let's talk 360. Modern oh, Warfare 3. Classic. So I had to uh, – my 360 is broken. It just – it My launch – not technically my launch because I red-ringed like three, 360s in the first like month of owning it. But the ultimate working one that I had is still the one that I've had this whole time I've had, you know, the Workhorse original 360, this is like before they had HDMI ports. I still use component for my 360. Wow, dad. I know. (laughs) Yeah, see, back in my day, (laughs) Ultimate Alliance was just called Spider-Man, and it was on the Atari. (laughs) Uh, But so I was restricted to, I had to play a 360 game that was backwards compatible on my Xbox One. Yeah, And turns out, if I filter the list down to what is backwards compatible on the Xbox One, and then I filter down the th- games that I've already beaten, and then I filter out, like, RPGs. My list is pretty small. So I was like, all right, ultimately, Modern Warfare is kind of just being chosen for me because it's, like, either this or I have to play through, like, Infinite Undiscovery or something, which I just don't have time for. Yeah, uh, w- But I don't mind that because I love a good Call of Duty campaign. They're always a good time. And I've never... Um I never played through Modern Warfare three. I played Modern Warfare One and Two a ton. A ton. Uh multiplayer and the single player. But I just I was done by three. I never played any of the Black Ops or anything. So it came around, I, I popped it in and it's like, yeah, it's just I don't know, it's just a fun four or five hours. It's just good entertainment. It it it's popcorn gaming at its finest. I didn't do it on anything too difficult. I didn't hunt down any of the special bonus stuff, but Man, I got to tell you, even even now, that game looks good. Like a, a full decade after its release, that's still like a visual spectacle. You can like you can feel how many thousands of dollars go into every frame of gameplay as you're going through that thing because it's just it's just massive. Um it what the, like the budget and, and scope and and scale of that AAA game is, but yeah, made it all the way through. Yeah. Had fun? It was kind of like a one night quick and dirty beat, and we got the three sixty knocked out. Nice, man. Oh well, three sixty, holla at it. We've been we've been knocking it around. That's good. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we we have a couple consoles left we had to go through. Next up, turbo graphics sixteen. And I I I didn't want to go with Keith Courage. I was thinking to myself, let's play one of these other big boys. But it turns out most of what I have on the Turbo Graphics isn't an easy beat. The entire year I thought the game I was going to go with was Newtopia, which is like a Zelda-style game. I was dead set on that being the one, but I just don't feel like I have time. So again, I had to punt in favor of choosing something else. And I tried for a while to play some of my other games, which are mostly shoot 'em ups So I played like Dragon Spirit and um, Blazing Lasers, a couple others. And I just wasn't in like a good place to beat a shoot 'em up. And so I was like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna pop in some Keith Courage uh and, and try to get my way through that one. Actually, before Keith Courage, I popped in Legendary Axe, which is an amazing game. Oh like, yeah. I couldn't get yeah. through it. That's a tough one.
0: Keith Courage is great though, right? That's one that I've actually beaten. That might be one of the few TurboGrafx games I've finished.
1: Yeah, very beatable and was yeah. uh, solid. I mean, as long as you it's kind of split into two different areas where you play as i guess keith in this like top area where you can go into towns and talk to people and like buy magic items Mm -hmm. and get healed up and in every single one of those there's a sword you can buy that makes you stronger for the next like robot level because at the end of each keith level you climb into a big robot and then you fight your way through this sort of cavern area as the robot as long as you buy that sword every time you're usually pretty well set to take down most of the enemies and the boss without too much difficulty. And yeah, it didn't, didn't take too many deaths, didn't take too many retries. And we were able to, to get through that one. I originally was sad cause I was going to stream newtopia. turns out I only have the RF adapter for my turbo graphics and I don't really have a way to convert RF to any streamable signal. So we just plugged into the old tube TV and plugged away on a little bit of the Keithy boy.
0: Nice man, yeah. I I was really blown away by that game when I played it. I was expecting it to not be
1: good. I don't know why I expected it to not be good,
0: but I, I mean, expected it to not be good.
1: It's it's not like the most mind blowing game you've ever played, but it's just solid. You know, it's just it's just a good couple hours of like good old hearty platforming, just just enjoyable meaty boy. <laughs> good old southern hearty, yep, platforming. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. How many you got left? I got three left. I got one more left. You got three. Take take one. Take one, one more. more. All right, let's get you some. Let's get you some Zaku. How about that? Oh, what is that? So this is the Lynx game. I thought I was gonna have to abandon Links because last time I played my Links, it uh, the capacitors I think were going bad and the screen bled a lot. Like I couldn't basically oh, see no. anything. It had like this horrible ghosting problem. But Zaku, I don't know if it's pronounced Zaku or Zaku. I assume Zaku. This is a mm. homebrew. It's by Super Fighter Team. Came out a long time ago. Um, and <laughs> but a decade maybe at this point. But it had a reprint a few years back. And it's, again, a, a side-scrolling shoot-'em-up. Really just phenomenally impressive for the links. Colorful, cute, tons of, like, screen-filling bosses. Um, lots of good animation interesting story oddly enough like just you can tell that they had a lot of love for the handheld and they like pushed that thing to its limits it's it's better than most games i've seen on the links if not the best looking game i've ever seen on the links and it's it's not easy it's it's tough to get through thankfully it's got a pretty forgiving like checkpoint system in terms of never having to start the whole game over again just the level you're on uh, and most of the game is just a boss rush, anyways. It's like there's some side-scrolling mm. segments, but it's mostly like two bosses in a row every five minutes. But I was chasing this screen bleed issue. I mostly popped it in to see if the screen was still bleeding, and just to <laughs> confirm that I could like have this as a tax write-off in terms of our challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. To right. my surprise, it didn't start happening, and so I was able to get you huh. know, twenty minutes in, thirty minutes in. I'm making my way through. And then it starts to happen. No. And I'm like maybe I can race the clock and get and get through this before the screen like totally just eats it. And it it got worse, it got worse and it was almost unplayable. And then I hit this like loading screen in the game, like just it wiped the screen to black because there's like a scene transition and it kind of oh, no. reset the screen bleed issue. Oh, it was like something about like the colors like all going down to that one color made the the color bleeding go away. And then as I'd play more, it would start to bleed and, and ghost on me again and again. But I'd always end up just by circumstance, kind of getting to one of these screens in the game that seemed to like kind of refresh the issue. And so it was always like getting worse and worse and worse, oh, just a little bit better, worse and worse, and mm. worse, just a little bit better. And it held out. I swear just long enough for me to get through the game. Like I would not call my links in like good working order, but it worked better than I thought, and it just barely let me squeak by. So, like, someone out there had my back. They're like, "Your boy Steve needs to beat one on every console. We're just gonna, we're just gonna ease up on the links for a second so he can get through this, man." So you got to get that links fixed, brother. You yeah. Well, and I always planned on using the analog pocket to beat some of these handhelds mm-hmm. that aren't working so good, but they they pushed that off where right. it's not gonna arrive till like the beginning of next year so had to do it (sighs) had to do it but man i'm
0: glad to hear that uh you know last minute victory like that though i mean i know you're not a sports (laughs) guy but that's a that's an espn 30 for 30 right there that's one that they chalk (laughs) up they interview a few old coaches some old players come back talk about it like that's a big deal you got you you beat two games you beat screen bleed and zaku you should be proud good stuff you should be proud all right, here's my last game here. I know folks are like, well, is this a uh, fucking podcast about beating games? It is.
1: We told That's you many it times it was gonna be Girthy, okay? We, we did. We, we could not have been more if clear ma- with you. We, 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 honestly, we could not have been more clear.
0: <sighs> All right. I, I I finished along with Brian. The reason we started Obscure was because we finished Resident Evil Village. Ba-boom. Nice. Ba-boom. Great game. Finished it on the old Xbox One. Looks fantastic even on the Xbox One. You don't need an, a series whatever. <laughs> you don't need it because it looks great the way it is. There you go. Uh, although I will say I think we played the Xbox One version on his Xbox Series X. It doesn't matter. Okay? <laughs> it looked good. It played good. And <clears throat> uh, I think I talked about this before. I think on a previous episode I talked about, like, hey, we Brian and I just started this game, man. It's pretty fun. Pretty scary stuff. Halloween. Woo. Resident Evil Village. And, uh, I must have failed to mention something. And so we received a quote unquote nasty email from our long time <laughs> friend. Maybe the, actually the the first ever emailer of this podcast and the most recent one, Diego Avila. He writes, and this is, he's referencing some old, uh, stuff that we uh, brought up, uh, th- th- whenever he sent the email. Okay. He said, you boys are sick. How dare you not? By Fatal Frame on the Wii U. gum it! It was so big. You also had to buy an extra hard drive for your Wii U in order to make it fit. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I you know haven't No, no idea. I kind of want it. I'm yeah. sorry, Diego. We'll buy it. We'll buy it. I'm sorry. We'll buy it. We'll spend the money. He then he says, "Next time you guys are on air, if Travis doesn't mention the sexy ladies in Resident Evil Village, I'm going to assume he's been castrated." Cough twice if you need help, buddy, Diego. And I do realize. Thinking back, I was like, "Hmm, I guess I did fail to mention." that uh i don't even i don't even remember her name lady something dem
1: dem
0: you don't say the o part i think it's just dematresk okay. i think you end it you end it with the dematresk uh very attractive uh and all it, it brought some things out of me that i learned a lot about myself while playing that game i was like huh i guess i like that what do you know? I guess I, I, I guess I like it when like a, a busty 8-foot woman bites me. I guess I'm into it. So, uh my Google searches have been altered thanks to that. And so thank you Diego for reminding me that I needed needed to bring that up. Uh but no, we finished Resident Evil Village and if you if you play, I mean, this is going to be one of those things like I don't think you will appreciate everything about the game unless you have played a number of the Resident Evils from the past because it is fan servicing you, but it's doing it in a way that a newcomer wouldn't really know. A newcomer would think like, the newcomer would probably think this is pretty weird because it feels kind of broken up, but an old timer is going to be like, Oh, that's from four. Oh, that harkens back to one. Oh, this feels like a part of two. Like, they do a really good job of that. And, it, it, and at the same time, they are bleeding it into what just happened in Resident Evil 7. So the story is a nice, a nice through line there. It's pretty gross at times. It's pretty scary. It's very creepy. Uh, but all in all, a really, really, really good time. And I'm already excited for the next one, man. They set you up at the end. They set you up real nice for for wanting to know more more about what happens. Um, but yeah, this is like I guess this is I consider like the first person era of Resident Evil. They 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 got away from that third person thing, and they've really really centered on this first person experience, which everyone was skeptical of. Like, is it just gonna be a shooter? <laughs> is it just well, well, was it like Call Call of Evil? Is this what it is? Was this Tom Clancy's <laughs> Resident Six Vegas? And no, it's not like that. It's still scary. Uh, it just controls so much better than it ever has because you don't have to worry about cameras and bullshit. So it's it's just a solid time. Looks like again, looks really good. And there are some um, some decent challenges in there too. There are some bosses in there that uh, you know Brian and I both we squealed, we hugged each other. Uh, I took his hoodie home with me because it had his <laughs> smell on it, so that I wouldn't get scared on the ride home. Yep. So yeah, good stuff. So I highly recommend Village if you haven't played it. What do you what do you fucking do? It play seven first. Mm. It's scarier, and then
1: play a Village because it's it's really really neat. It's really fun. He's talking to all of you. He's not talking to me. He's being kind of you threatening, don't... but I'm not threatened. You're, are you going to play the the evils? Oh, when eventually I beat seven, yeah. I mean, I can't mm. imagine a world where I don't. I love a good Resident Evil, but. Okay, I, got, good, I good, gotta good. get through seven first, and seven's too ah. scary for me.
0: It it's scarier. I'll say it's scarier. Villages. If I could say village creepier, mm. seven scarier. All right,
1: that makes sense. Okay, uh, I was hoping it would. Well, You know what? There's just no way to transition to to my next game here. It's just literally the opposite of Resident Evil, in every conceivable way. It's Land of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. It's Ooh. adorable. It's cute. Oh, <laughs> it's easy. Uh it's my Game Gear beat. We we beat the Game Gear game. Oh, Game Gear. Yeah. And okay. I, I mean, the game itself, very straightforward platformer. Really quite easy, like phenomenally easy. I literally beat it in like an hour laying in bed before I went to sleep one night. So it's not anything like complicated or long. But I gotta say, I I know that it has a bad reputation. I like a game gear i like the game gear in my hands all yeah, right? yeah. i like the feel of you that like thing. it in your hands i like the heft oh. of that thing okay and I, I don't even mind the screen like it's a bad screen but it makes me feel like i'm playing a game in the 90s again like i i it feel does. like i'm back in time playing a game gear more than almost any other system more than any like nintendo handheld something about a game gear is like man this is just some old hardy technology that is just surviving. <laughs> it's just plugging on. Let's ah oh, so proud.
0: Man, I feel like I'm holding like a, a cinder block that's been in the sun all day when I pick up a game gear like <laughs> it's always hot. It never feels right in my hands, but you like I'll do th- I do think it's got a good weight to it especially if you have all the batteries in there. You're like, "Oh, I'm holding
1: something." Yeah. This it's... is this is a newborn baby. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I love it, right? And that's a nice dense loaf of bread but <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I mean i guess i like a game gear i like the wii u gamepad. my controller of choice on the original xbox is the duke i think i just like a big meaty wow. gaming experience i just want some heft between them hands wow how big are you have big hands are you a big hand guy i don't know i got i've got regular hands 10 fingers they look big to me I don't know. Wow, that's because I'm holding them close to the camera. Wow. Oh, God, oh, that was huge. They're bigger than your head. Oh, <laughs> oh no.
0: But interesting. Yeah. Well, you know who has big hands? Our friend Captain Drachma, he, he he took a random picture one time and I saw his hands and they freaked me out. Still, I still think about how big his hands are. They're creepily long. <laughs> creepily big fingers. So shout out to him and his big old, big old. Hands, I'm sure he's pleasured a lot of people with those. <laughs> so you enjoyed you enjoyed uh, the Mickey Mouse game. Now I don't own that one, but you're saying it's an easy time because I will say m- many of the Sega Mickey Mouse games, Fantasia specifically on the Genesis, a little too hard.
1: Mm. Yeah, not hard at all. Like oh, okay, good, hundred percent. You can get through this one. Not 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 anywhere near as hard as like Castle Illusion on Genesis or anything like that. Oh, it was, yeah, a stand standalone Easy Boy. All right, but, good to know. And then. My last console, the Atari 2600 needed a beat. Now, this is a weird one because, like, mm. how do you beat an Atari game? And which is kind of the the theme of a lot of these systems, I'm realizing. I plugged my 2600, got it all hooked up, and I realized my joystick controller is not working for whatever reason. So I only had the option to play with a paddle controller game. Had to find something with the little the little rotary would work on. I don't know why the joysticks wouldn't work, but it just wouldn't take any input. And I kind of looked out because I have a pretty modest 2600 collection. I don't really, I didn't grow up with it. I haven't really ever played it. I kind of just like got a lot one time and that sat there forever. But one of the panel games I have is Canyon Bomber. It's old, Mm -hmm. you know, like 1979 Activision game. And it's, It's about as beatable as a 2600 game could be. It's beatable in the sense that you play against an AI opponent and it's first to a thousand points. And the Uh whole game is you, it's just like a plane is doing strafing runs back and forth, left to right, right to left across the screen. And whenever you press the button, drops a bomb that has like a little bit of like, you know, momentum to it based on how fast the plane was going. And it falls into this canyon and you get points for like what part of the canyon the bomb falls into and the deeper into the canyon it is the the more points you score so it's kind of like a worms thing where you and your opponent kind of start like wearing down the canyon to the deeper levels and those are worth more points if you can line that shot up and there's multiple different like game modes there's that one which has a couple different difficulty levels and i managed to beat the ai on a couple different ones of those and then it has another mode which is called c bomber i think which is the same idea, except your bombs that you're dropping out of your plane go underwater, and then you use the the, rotate, the paddle like rotating controller to adjust the depth of your bomb. And so you need to basically be setting the height that you want the bomb to detonate, so you're moving the altitude up and down to try to target okay. more shallow or deeper submarines. And then otherwise you're just dropping the bombs with the same sort of momentum and stuff, too. And I was able to, to beat the AI a couple times in that mode, too. So I heartily trounce the AI in basically every game mode available on Canyon Bomber. Beat him in the race first to a thousand, and the game just stops once you hit a thousand points. So I I think as as far as we can call a twenty six hundred game beat that isn't like adventure, which I don't own. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm wrapping up this dub with a bow and, and calling it good. There you go, man. Hey, well speaking of dropping a
0: bomb, <laughs> huh? Let's. Drop some bombs on what we have left in this challenge.
1: Mm. Sounds Real good. quick.
0: Let's spritz it in. So you mentioned the 2600. I, too, am a 2600 per- person. What am I trying to say? I have 2600 <laughs> games left. Uh, I was going to just run through and get some high scores on like five games just to, because to me it was more about getting the hardware some time little less about the games in particular. Yeah. And so I would maybe run through a handful of 2,600 games that I have. Same thing with the Odyssey 2 and the Intellivision. I don't think a lot of those are going to have credit sequences. No. In fact, you could go to the Wikipedia right now. There's probably not a list of people who made it. So <laughs> um, so I'm just going to have to get some high scores and move on. I'm also going to be needing to finish a Famicom game. Mm-hmm. My DS Dawn of Sorrow. <laughs> and um, – <laughs> That was more of a Harvester of Sorrow Metallica bent on that version there, and the 32X. That's all you've got left, huh? I've got six left: Famicom, DS, 32X, and Television 2600 and Odyssey 2. And I feel like those last three there, those high score games, that's an afternoon.
1: Yeah, that, bang that's, bang bang. That's one evening of just old mm-hmm. old gaming. And that that was my yeah. intention too for the 2600 was to do that. But then when I only had one working controller. I had to find a game compatible with that, and we are where we are. Good thing you looked. Good thing you looked. You didn't wait until
0: the last day when you can't even – eBay can't even come through. <laughs> You'd have been done. You'd have been toast.
1: Now, you got – I mean, we all know you got that, that Don Asaro lined up, but mm-hmm. in terms of Famicom and 32X, how are you feeling? Do you got games scoped out, things that you're planning yeah. on?
0: Yeah, I just picked up, because I reviewed this uh, through an emulator last year, uh, Kid Dracula on the Famicom. And so I went ahead and bought a hard copy of that because I really wanted it for the collection anyway. And so I'm excited to play through that one on my fami. And uh, for 32X, uh, I put it down, but I was playing a little bit of that Knuckles Chaotix. And so I'm probably going to pick that back up and try to run through the end of that. Beautiful. Good call.
1: Yeah. Uh, Uh, I think I'm in good shape. Yeah, you're looking, I think we're both looking good. So I've got three consoles left. Uh, wow, yeah. three. Just three. You, one is the Jaguar man. which I mentioned. That's the one that I'm sweating a little bit on because again, the collection is limited. It's only four games, I think. And you know, one of them's Tempest. You're not beating Tempest. And you're not gonna beat that. You have fun with the beginning beat. Yeah. So it's it's really coming down to can I beat Trevor McFerr or can I beat Zool 2? Both of them are doable but difficult. Yeah. So we'll see where we end on Jaguar. We'll we'll figure something out it got sitting right next to me. Don't let him oh. tell I said that. Uh, and then my other two, we have the new one, which is going to be weird. I also have – that's a bit of a question mark because I don't have a new one controller. I only have the DVD remote. So I hope one of these games is beatable by the DVD remote. I have a game called Merlin Racing, which is a kart racer. I'm really hoping that that's doable because that's kind of what I'm banking on. And then okay. – my last console is PlayStation VR, which is just—it's more a matter of me hooking it mm. up than it is finding a game. I got—I got a whole shelf full of games. I got plenty that I know are only a couple hours long. A lot of VR games tend to be short, so yeah, we'll yeah. make our way through VR. But uh, All right. I'm looking—I got like a month for these yeah. three. I'm looking good. It's just—just a—I'm me- I'm nervous about a couple of these weirder systems. Yeah. These games are tricky. Well, before I mean, at the end of October, I was worried for you, but you you rolled out here with a with
0: just a whale's ton <laughs> of beats, so uh, you're good to go. I think we're both going to wrap this up. I'm going to say I'm not going to do the same challenge again next year. I'm going to modify it because uh, it's taken me out of playing some games that I really want to play right now because I'm focused on <laughs> wrapping up uh, yeah. some of these other ones. But uh, that's that's how it goes, man. But it's been, it's it's been really 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 fun. Yeah. All right. Jump into these beat tweets, and we got a lot <laughs> to get through. We got a lot to get through, so we're gonna first we're gonna start off by shouting out uh, the poly from last week, that we're gonna, or last cycle. Then we're gonna do the most recent poly killers. And then we're going to go through the beat tweets, and we've we've mishmashed uh, the last two cycles together. We're not going to spend a lot of time. I know you guys spend a lot of time on the beats and the tweets. Uh, we're going to go through, and one of us is going to read the tweet, and the other one's going to give like one like solid hype man reaction uh, to whatever you just said there. Just something like yay yay, or like that's a hard one, or like ooh, or whatever, whatever comes out of our head. And then we're going to move on. But but in saying that, I just want you to know we're doing because of the length of the length of the episode. But we, as always, appreciate you beating the games. Going to Twitter, taking that screenshot, putting it up there, giving us a little bit of a, a review that you can fit in a whatever, how many characters or less, and then uh, hashtagging it, just beat it, and adding PolyKill so that we know that you beat it. If you beat a bunch of those, you get to be the people that we're about to shout out here. Um, and if you if you just leave a really good tweet, uh, there's a good chance that Steve will pull it and we'll read it out here in the next section. So start us out here, week November of uh, the week of November sixteenth we have as the runner up dean of round 2 gaming he beat musha dr robotnik's mean bean machine ristar rystar ristar Spyro
1: the dragon and unpacking shout out for unpacking so good list good stuff dean and then we have a new name a new face oh, wow as of that as of that week i mean our buddy here's returned for for the second set but new name yeah, new yeah. poly killer Scotch he just and just shows hobbies. up, scotch and hot. He's gonna show up drunk and just beat everybody. Yeah, just that's insane. C- comes in it's out like, like my it. dad. I mean, that's that's the move. Nothing but respect to to go from the shadows and just come out mm-hmm. and to take down Dean to be the poly killer on your first go go-round. <sighs> what are you thinking? Mm. What are you freaking thinking? Way to way to go. I I love. I love a newbie that isn't afraid to go toe to toe with the titans. Okay, we can't let I we know. can't let these same five people run the show, right? We, we I need. Agree. Some fr- I agree. Some, where's some corpse, corpse flood?
0: flood? Where's, where's the the nemesis what? of them all? More
1: like corpse dud. Am I right? Oh, we love man, corpse you flood. You're, That's you're,
0: not true. Ooh, ooh, if you're still
1: alive, yeah, we we worried about you, buddy.
0: Well, even if you're not, we still love you. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't qualifying. <laughs> to it does
1: not stop. We only love you if you're alive. If not, ugh. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) But Scotch and Hobbies beat Streets of Rage 4, House of the Dead Overkill, Resident Evil Code Veronica X, Bleed, Bleed 2. That's the entire Bleed franchise for anyone keeping track. Uh, uh, Defunct, Resident Evil 1, Go Go Ackman, and Shinobi 3. Great list. I always – this is a universal truth for Polykill, but I just want to show some appreciation by bouncing this off the back of Scotch and Hobbies here eclectic, diverse listing aims. I love mm-hmm. how varied these lists always tend to be. And to see someone come in, in that same spirit and, and just like celebrate a bunch of different consoles, a bunch of different genres. It's just awesome. Way to go. Scotch you love, and
0: Hobbies. you love to see it. Yeah. Scotch and Hobbies, good hearing from you. Glad you got, uh, to be listed out here on the show. Now we're moving up to the poly killers for this most recent cycle week of November 30th, 2021 year of our Lord. Runner-up, Viar45, Dark Souls Remastered. He beat it again, he says. He's bragging a little bit. Abzu, Vanguard, Street Smart, Maneater, Maneater, Truth Quest, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Tori 2, Tori 2, is that how you say it? Before I forget, Tetris Effect and Battle Circuit. Again, you talked about eclectic
1: lists all over the place there, all over the map all over the place. And again, that's what 11 games, something like that. And it's that's the yeah. runner up, Viar. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. We went from Dark Souls
0: Remastered to Abzu. That's like <laughs> polar opposites <laughs> of the gaming sphere.
1: He didn't he didn't show up in the runner up or the poly killer the week before, but it's Dark Souls Remastered again cuz the mad lad beat Dark Souls Remastered. Then he went back to the original Dark Souls and beat it. Then beat Dark Souls Remastered a second time after that. And this is all in the span of like 3 weeks. Why? Because uh, he's a freaking champion. <laughs> I, I don't guess know. so. He's Ow. got B. What is it? B P E. Big Polykiller Energy.
0: Yeah, my yeah. thumbs are hurting just thinking about his three-week span of <laughs>
1: <laughs> just no, nothing Tough. but nothing but good stuff. And our Polykiller here—a familiar name, but I feel like like our buddy here. Every now and again just makes this decision. He just wakes up every yeah. so often and says, I'm not going to give it. anyone else a chance. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if, like, every so often he just gets two weeks off work or what it is. But but J.J.S. Boyce is here with a wallop of games.
0: To me, he's sitting on the couch. He's got eye paint on. <laughs> he's got a bandana. like Much like yours, but his is very sweaty and yeah. tied tighter to his head. He's ready to fight.
1: Absolutely. So, our buddy JJS Boyce went through Spyro the Dragon Reignited, Coffee Talk, Super Mario Deluxe, that's the original version of Mario Bros. on that, and then also Super Mario Bros. Deluxe for Super Players, which is a variation on Lost Levels, My Friend Pedro, Erica, Mm. Double Dragon 4, Super Mario Advance 4, Suspect, A Game of Evidence and Assumptions, by Caleb J. Ross. Yeah, Caleb J. Ross Banger. Yeah. I mean... Shout out to that game because there's been at least four or five different b tweets for for suspect, which is just awesome <laughs> to see. Yeah. That is cool. Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Tetris Effect weirdly also beat Tetris Effect, just like Viar. Siggy, oh. a fart for Melusina. And Drowning.
0: I remember the Siggy, a fart for Melusina
1: coming up a time before, maybe from Viar himself. Yeah. I, so these two are in Khabib hoots. They, they really are. You know, another shout out to people. There's been a couple games like that too. I think Boyce might have done this. Um, there, there's been some, like, mingling amongst our beaters out there. A couple oh, people no. posting up beat tweets, and then someone else sees it, and they're like, that looks like a great game. I think I'll go check out that game. And then two days later, you get another beat tweet. You get a little beat tweet baby coming out of that matchup. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> Man, you love to see it. You yeah. do. You really do. All right. Well, good job, everyone, there on those beat tweets. So just to shout them out again there, we got Dean and Scotch and Hobbies. Oh, uh, it's got your Hobbies being the poly killer of the week before and then JJS Boyce, the poly killer this time with the VR45 as runner up. Good job everyone. Now, let's jump into some of those beat tweets. Once again, uh we're going to take turns reading them off here and then the other person is just going to we're just going to react because again, uh, we're at we're at, we're, at, we're, at, we're at a little over 2 hours here. And so we're
1: going to we're going to try to punch it through. So, uh take it away, Blink. All right. We, first up we got VR45 who says Dark Souls on Switch sat in its box unloved for years because the internet scared me into thinking this game would be super hard. It isn't. The learning curve is steep, but you'll get the combat after a few hours. Love this game to bits, and I can just beat it. So can you. Liar! Okay, next. (laughs) Uh, The next one is uh,
0: from Never Before Seen at Ableton Live. He says, 13 Sentinels can't be described in a tweet. Its branching story involves kaiju invasion, mecha, time travel, androids, amnesia, clones, and simulated realities. It takes cliches and somehow turns them into one of the best examples of storytelling in a game. Love
1: to see wow. it. Quite the beat tweet. <laughs> okay. Next up here, we got friend of the show, Mighty Q Dog, says, Spent an enjoyable day with this. That's 12 minutes. Mm. The structure and logic d- didn't follow the kind of symmetry I like to see in games of this sort. Recommended, but some endings require odd steps to me. I got five out of seven endings. That's good enough for me. Good enough. (laughs) Up next,
0: we got JJS Boys. Hollow Knight, a Metroidvania to beat all Metroidvanias and all Vanias. And I love those things. What's great? Atmosphere, story, lore, the emergent nature of the experience. It's faster to list what's wrong with it.
1: Nothing. Correct opinion. Indeed. We got our friend TopSpot123 up here. Says, I've had my Nintendo Picross The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess since its release in 2016. I've slowly, slowly enjoyed working through each puzzle, and I finally just beat it. I love Picross. I scarf food like a malnourished pack dog, but my video games? I savor them. I am also hungry. Good job, TopSpot.
0: Up next, Brother Body. Man, he he sent a tweet that told me how to say it, too. (laughs) And I've already, I think it's Body. I think it's Body. Sin and Punishment. Easily the best game on the N64. Treasure just never disappoints. This plays like a long-lost Saturn game, and I mean that in the best possible way. If you can get used to the control scheme, you'll have
1: a blast. I hear nothing but good things about this game, Steve. Yeah, me neither. Good pick. Good prick, brother Bodhi. 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 It is Bodhi, like from Point Break. That's how I remembered it. It's Bodhi. Brother Bodhi. (laughs) We got there. Yep. Hey, here's a name that you might recognize. Scotch and Hobbies. Mm. Says, I just beat it for Streets of Rage 4. Twice. That's a two for one beat to you right there. This game is everything I wanted from a new entry in the series and is going to be a game I come back to many times in the future.
0: That's a good game. (laughs) That's a real good game. Up next, Viar 45. Abzu on the PS4 is a very boring game that redeems itself with superb music and visually stunning set pieces in the latter half of the game. It doesn't run well on PS4 Pro, 30 FPS with luck, and controls wonky. But this one is all about
1: sucking in the experience. I like Viar, but I don't like that opinion. That game is better than he says it is. If you suck in too much, you'll drown because you're underwater. <laughs> got him. Next up, again, you're going to see some double ups here because we got multiple weeks. We got another Scotch and Hobbies tweet here. It says, I first started playing Vampire almost two years ago now. But it put it down, but finally came back to it and just beat it today. Excellent action adventure game with a compelling story and just a little bit of jank. Always love to see a revisit.
0: Yeah. I would call it vampire, but that's just me. J.J.S. Boyce is back again. He says, Super Mario Deluxe. Super Mario Bros. for super players on Game Boy Color. A whole second game unlocked via a high point score. This is the lost levels with major changes. In 2021, the vocabulary exists to describe exactly what this is. Troll levels all the way down. Gah. He actually typed gah. 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 That's my response to it I, as well. I could feel this pain, yeah. <laughs> it sounds painful. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Next up here, we have Muddy River 68 says beat Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's a 2017 version. Multiplayer mm. isn't great, but the campaign is a fantastic experience. Story's okay, typical Star Wars stuff. Empire Soldier has an epiphany and joins the rebellion. It is well told, good voice acting, and is visually amazing. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Game, uh, up next we got uh, Lord Frankie. Long
0: time no see from Viper Strike. He says, game number 16. So he's been tracking his beats this year, and this is the first boot tweet I remember seeing from Frankie, unless a few have floated by you, Steve. But good to yeah. see Frankie nonetheless. He says, game number 16, The Mummy Demastered. Fantastic gated exploration platformer. Superb music. Fun, albeit bullet-spongy boss fights and badass weapons make this way forward gem worth a playthrough. Highly recommend getting... Monomer soundtrack for it on Bandcamp.
1: It's my mummy impression. That's your one. Oh, that was a mummy. Okay. That's I thought a- you
0: threw up into your microphone.
1: <laughs> Next up here, we got Dylan Charles, Mr. D. Charles, coming in with Erica. Great FMV game that drew me in deeper and deeper into a very unsettling plot. Thanks to JJS Boys for recommending it. That's what I was talking about. Boyce dropped a beat tweet oh. and D. Charles here picked up on it. Love to see it. Yeah. I would recommend this to anyone who enjoys horror interactive stories. Probably going to go back and see at least one other ending.
0: Deeper and deeper. <laughs> deeper and deeper. Up next, we got Mook at Jimmy underscore Mook underscore. He just beat Street of Rage 4. Awesome beat him up Don't have a lot of experience with the series. Played most of Streets of Rage 2. But I like the controls, love the art style, and it was very challenging, especially the final level and final bosses. Great game! I agree.
1: That's just good stuff. Love to see it. Next up here, we got Mr. Mullet Gaming. The Mr. Mullet Gaming. Hmm. Who just beat Sin and Punishment again for the N64 and Nintendo Switch Online. Thank you for listing both consoles there. <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah. rail shooter, bizarre story, fun playthrough. A must play for any fan of the N sixty four. I mean, we saw it twice
0: today. Sin and punishment, folks. It must be good. Up next, the old ass retro gamer. This is Chris. He uh, he just beat Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. A trip down nostalgia lane that I beat in one sitting in about thirty minutes. Not too shabby, since I haven't played through this in over thirty years. Still fun, but I have never been a fan of the floaty
1: jumps. Could not agree more you know fun fact about this one i didn't pull the tweet but old ass retro gamer was visiting church the game grinder and they teamed up on a beat they beat mother russia bleeds together good to see two beaters working in harmony like that way to go you love to see it yeah (laughs) our family's really coming together man i wish i could be at thanksgiving with those two guys (laughs) (laughs) next up here we have ag rowe who just beat uh, Travbait. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not Bait, It's Far Cry 6. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they just read yeah, so dude. similarly. Far Cry 6. I liked it a lot. I know there was a lot of talk around it being pretty much the same as others, but I'm completely fine with that. Far Cry is a fuck video yeah. game junk food for me, and I love it. Any complaints? Well, a lot of bugs, and the trophy list blows. Now, sounds I, perfect. I knew you'd like that. And I can <laughs> confirm. I got, the, I got the beta version of this beat tweet. Because A.G. Rowe happens to also be a friend of ours and our tattoo yeah. artist. And in person, right. he told me, junk trophy list. So, he's not lying. Mm.
0: Mm. All right. Well, still sounds like a fun time to me. Up next, we got Greg. Real LHC Greg is the Twitter handle. Mule for the NES. Trav plays games. Hey, that's me. Trav plays games. Sold me on it with his video. An original video game, board game, business economics simulator. Probably way more fun with human opponents, but still an interesting time with the computer. And yeah, it's better than you think it's going to be. It looks like it's going to just, like a like a like like you just clicked print in 1983. Like it looks like that's the screen <laughs> that would pop up. Uh, but no, it like it's going to shoot out paper that's on reams and stuff with the holes on the side. you got to tear it off. But no, it's actually a fun game. It's pretty fun. Business and economics simulator with
1: mules. Can't beat that. Riveting. All right. And finally, our last tweet here from The Game Grinder. There we go. Mm. Says, just beat near reincarnation. I really enjoyed the story, hated the gotcha, and played it via mobile. Story was quality, music phenomenal, which makes sense for a near game. Looked great on mobile. Wouldn't recommend it because gotcha, but watch a summary. No solid connection to the near universe, sadly. This is the near mobile game, which is cool to see that. Uh, church went all the way through so i'm not surprised to hear the music is great but i am happy uh to see someone uh play cool mobile game what's gotcha is my reaction do you want an answer to that question (laughs) i i I don't know i don't know what he's talking about what does that mean it's uh, shorthand for like the random drop loot boxy type of pull system that is very Mm. popular in all mobile games you know like rolling for five star characters gotcha Oh, I said gotcha when
0: I understood. Oh, man. How genius was that? Well, thank you for that answer, because I really had no idea. Uh, All right. Well, before we get into our top
1: five, I think there's something I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Tell you what it is, Mr. Is to check them cheeks for a little bit of pumpkin pie.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. You're supposed to wipe off the seat first. Oh,
1: gross. All right. All right. Yeah. That's uh, that's how it goes. You know, sometimes it's Kirby's butthole. Sometimes it's your own. So, (laughs) you only get one question here. So, easy one. One that you'll be able to fire right off the top of your head. So, you know, we're talking about stuff we're thankful for. We're about to get into a discussion about gratitude, thankful for uh, things in games. Mm -hmm. You got to ask, if you ranked every single thing in your life, top to bottom, what would you be 49th most thankful for? And what does it just barely lose to? And, you know, what is it just barely edging out? Wow, 49th.
0: Very interesting question. You're right, right on the tip (laughs) of my freaking tongue. Ah, oh, brother. Well, I think the thing that I am most thankful for is litter boxes. At forty nine, I <laughs> That's think forty nine's <laughs> yeah, it's a good spot. I'm happy for litter boxes. Imagine life without them. What are you doing? You just catch it all over the place, or or your cat's got to go outside like he's a dog. <laughs> Ugh.
1: I don't know about no. your cats. My cats try to force me to imagine what that life is like sometimes, and they just squat a duke, drop a piece of pumpkin pie wow. <laughs> right outside that box. <laughs> no,
0: I man. Your cats sound like jerks, but no, mine, (laughs) well, mine have to be separated because they ambush each other constantly and one has AIDS. But, but, we keep them separated so they have their own litter boxes and each one, when they have their own, very tidy. So I'm very happy about that. What loses to that would have to be, see, what would be 50th, uh... I'm most thankful for and I think it's gonna to have to be Dr. Scholl's insult inserts into the old <laughs> shoes there. I'm getting a little older. Yep. Yeah. I'm getting a little older and I've I've half flat feet. So having those insoles in there, adding a little bit of a curvature to my big <laughs> old flipper <laughs> is nice. It actually helps with my lower back, I've noticed. So uh, I run I run with shoes I have to get to Doctor Scholl's, So that's that comes in about a solid a solid fifty. Above both of those two things, I gotta go with having the dishwasher soap dispenser built into the sink. Mm. Having the dispenser on the side there, not having to get the bottle and turn it upside down, wait for the soap to come out and all that stuff, just fucking quick hit it with the sponge back into the dishes. You know, you got the soap right there, right in the sink. Man, who thought of that? Genius.
1: Who thought of that? I'm so thankful for that thing. Oh, I... I didn't even know that that was a real thing I never even heard of that Mr. Upper Middle Class over here wowing me what? With his kitchen from the future Oh, this is low grade sink <laughs> This is low grade sink I, I have to disagree it. Apparently I've got the low grade sink This is a bottom <laughs> tier Lowe's
0: purchase Nah, nice. he's got a little thing, a little soap holster in there. You just fill it full of soap and put the little dispenser back on. tappity a roo soap comes out of the side of your fucking sink. It is amazing.
1: Fantastic. And I'm
0: thankful for that. That That's a hard 48 right there. That was 48, 49, and 50. And, man, I'm just so thankful for those things in that order, specifically that far down the list. Yeah. yeah.
1: And just remember, if if Trav knows at least 49 people, which he definitely does, many of you don't make the cut, so... You're losing to litter boxes and dispensable soap. Coming into 51, I want to say I'm very thankful
0: for Captain Drachma, the guy with the long <laughs> fingers I mentioned earlier. He's a great guy. He's no litter box,
1: but he's a good dude. <laughs> Close, Close good dude. but uh, no litter box.
0: I, I, I Close, but no litter box. That's right. All right. Well, uh, speaking of things that we're thankful for, let's uh, pop me out of the hot seat. It makes a, it makes an unstuck noise. Like that, And then uh, let's talk about these top five quality of life features and games that we are thankful for. And this was a fun thought exercise. Normally we're coming up with a list of games, but you shot this uh, suggestion out at me, and I was like, man, what a great idea. Because there are a few things that I think are, a lot of people I think will probably take for granted. Mm-hmm. And uh, they haven't always been a part of games. And you, you uh, the two of us, uh, people that play the janky ones, uh, sometimes on purpose, many times on purpose, uh, there are some times where I think we end up appreciating some of these things that these modern games afford us that a lot of people don't even think about. So why don't you go first? What's your number five quality of life feature in games that uh, you, you're very thankful for?
1: Yeah. So my uh, my my number five is a pretty specific one, but it's come up a few times this year, and it's really saved, saved my geese, as the kids say. And that's mm, do say that. in an RPG specifically, but it could be in any game. When you have an option to retry from a boss battle that you just lost, rather than having to boot up from the save point, go through the cutscene again, uh, just being like, having the option to say, you know what, I think I have the levels, I have the items I need, I just didn't execute. Let me just jump right back in and try that one one more time. For someone that's always, you know, there's more games than I have time on this earth, I appreciate when a game lets me just hop right back into the action like that.
0: I'm with you, man. I hate nothing more. And Final Fantasy is, I mean, there's a lot that do it, but they're really good about taunting you with that game over screen right after something like that and you're like oh, it's not fucking game over you know i'm going to go back in yeah. why do you make me reset the whole game to get back to where i was i like you know the modern affordances of just get back in there you know it keeps me playing yeah keeps me playing all right uh my number five re- you said that was specific mine is really specific and i've noticed this is is super like uncommon in some older games and then you can kind of see it come through like the mid 90s it starts to happen more and more but like whenever you're selecting letters whether you're maybe it's initials you're naming a character or whatever when it's not in a grid form that annoys me like if it's just a straight line and i have to go through all the numbers and punctuation to get to a fucking letter that kills me but also too when it's in a grid and you can't like loop it like if I go all the way, like mm. like I'm, I got M selected, I want to get to AAs on the other side. I want to hit like right twice and pop up over here. Yeah. But you, you hit that wall and you're like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you just make it loop? <laughs> so little shit like that. I know that's that's kind of real nitpicky, but get, put my letters no. in a grid and let me go. I mean that's true for like net. I mean you got to search if you're using a controller for for watching like streams and stuff. And you know I do this a lot. Searching on YouTube uh, is a nightmare with your controller. And a uh, fucking being able to loop is the bee's knees.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I would even expand that one up to any menu. If I'm in like an item list in an RPG and I hit the bottom, loop me back up to the top, loop, buddy. Loop me. Loop me. Fuck. Yes. Loop menus. A banger of a number five. All right. Number four for me. This doesn't have to be your number four. We can have different ones.
0: Oh, sure. I hope we do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I hope we don't. Uh, a sell all junk button in a loot based game you know an mmo or like yeah. a diablo or something like that it a button when i get to that shop just just let me click sell everything i'm not gonna ever need for something else one saves me a bunch of time two very satisfying to see a bunch of money pop up all at once and then three mm-hmm. helps me know what i need to keep What well, what might junk. be a crafting yeah. material and what's not like you know a lot of times that's coded in the game it might be like a a dark gray font or something like that. But still, it just takes all the confusion, takes all the uncertainty out. I'm a hoarder in games, so if I think there's a chance I might need it, I'll keep it. So the game telling me, hey, buddy, you're not going to need it is appreciated. And just they were convenient. Dude, I'm with you 100% on this.
0: I think that's a big one because this actually bit me in a game recently. Brian and I were playing that Resident Evil 8. Try not to spoil anything here, but you can sell stuff that you find. And sometimes it will say, it'll give it a value or it'll say this is valuable. And in the early parts of the game, we were like, oh, when it says something's valuable, it, it must be like encouraging us to sell it. It's saying like, oh, this is of high value. It probably has no purpose. It wasn't saying like, hold on to this later, you might need it. But it turns out we had two pieces of an of a, of a artifact and we sold one off. And you can't get it back from the guy. We mm-hmm. didn't realize it was important because there was no like a signed... The thing that said this is particularly junk uh, or or worth it. because there 's a lot of things that aren 't junk like crystals and stuff that you can sell for that have no purpose yep. they 're not junk they 're trinkets but they still serve so get rid of them but so there was no uh, no way to know that so i 'm with you on that and that bit me so please uh, if you 're making games out there, let us know what 's junk and let us sell it all at once My number four this is only something that i 've learned that I like recently uh, and i don 't know if it 's because i 'm old. I'm getting hard of hearing <laughs> or what, or maybe I'm just, I have a hard time paying attention um, to audio, but I like subtitles and I try to turn them on yes. now. I didn't always used to do this, but now if there's a game with a lot of heavy dialogue, I soak it in so much more. If I can read a little bit of what they're saying as well, helps me figure out like what the characters
1: they're referencing. And uh, it's so much easier. That was going to be on mine too. I was going to, th- I was going to cheat and put that as an honorable mention. Cause I have others that I want to mm. speak to. I have turned into someone that just universally has subtitles on all the time. I, yeah, something about it. I just can't focus on a game. If the subtitles aren't there every now and again, I could put myself in the situation, which is actually pretty uncommon for me where like, you know, you put the nice headphones on and you're just focused right in on a story game. In those instances, sometimes, you know, I can, I can follow stuff, but it's just something about subtitles really necessary to help me follow the action. And like, I would even kind of expand that to, uh, adjustable subtitles, like size to change the size of subtitles yeah because sometimes they come in and they're just they're just teeny they're just weird i'm with you on that or they
0: don't have like a back a backing color and you're like well now i can't even i know they're there and i can't read i'm spending more time trying to read what you have on the screen than listening at all so now you've ruined it i say that to the game i tell it that it ruined it for me
1: good pick yeah So, so my number three I mean, this is just always nice, but it's this especially coming from like my my trophy hunting addiction chapter select after a game to go back and get the collectibles that you missed. Uh, I on any trophy list, I want every trophy list to be one playthrough plus cleanup equals platinum trophy. I don't want to play it on a different difficulty or anything, and I always appreciate whenever a game lets me hop back into certain parts of it and and has a tracker, lets me see how many collectibles are in this area, how many do I still need to find. Um, you know, that's obviously for more, like, mission-based structures of games, like an Uncharted or something, but it's just always so appreciated when I can pick and choose rather than having to go all the way back to the beginning and try to, like, follow a collectibles guide through a bunch of stuff I don't need to replay. There you go. That's a good
0: one. Not not for me, but I could see how it would uh, come in handy there. Uh, number three for me, just auto-winning battles when you're over-leveled. Yes. Don't the, make me go through all of
1: it. Uh, system, right? Yes. Mm,
0: yes. Yes. That's the reason I, I pointed that game as one of my all-time favorites, because I felt like it respected my time for yeah. an RPG. It was like, yeah. oh, you're just, yeah, we're, it's done. You won. Move on. Yeah,
1: you're good. It's win-win. One, it respects your time, saves you the time, but two- it it makes you feel powerful, right? Like when you finally when you hit yeah. an enemy and it just flashes and it's over, you're like, that's right, buddy. We've earned it. I'm yeah. strong. Good pick. Like that one a lot. Uh my number two. I I like this one. I do think it is a good quality of life thing, but I liked when this is built into kind of the, the core design of a game. And it's more of an RPG thing. I like when you level up when it refills your health and your magic points. I like when you get topped off whenever your Mm. character levels up, because one that I mean, that just feels good. It feels nice to have that that afforded to you. But two, it means that I can strategically use a level up as I'm venturing through a dungeon. You know, there's that moment where you're like, you know, I could use this item. I could back out, but I think I have enough health to win one more battle, which should push me over to a level up. And then I'm sitting pretty. So you start getting to do some calculations, you start taking some educated risks, and it makes the game more engaging, more interesting.
0: That's a solid one, yeah. I I was just playing through the uh, Dawn of Saru, and it does not do that, and I wish it did so much. Yeah. I have to always (laughs) try to look for the save save room. Uh, My number two is... You know, skipping cutscenes, which has been around for a while, everybody yeah. wants to be able to skip those, especially if you're if you're dying and having to start over again, you don't have to sit through that again. But here's one that I don't see often, I don't even know that I have seen it, but I wish it were
1: in a few games. Pausing a cutscene. <sighs> I yes, I do wish that that were a thing, and I'm always afraid because the yeah, same button that pauses a cutscene often skips that cutscene, and so I exactly I would like it to become so standard that I no longer worry about it. Plus, it's just exactly nice. <laughs> be nice. It'd be nice. Yeah, really good one. All right, so my number one might also be your number one. I don't know. I feel like this is the mm. I feel like this know. is the Mac Daddy of all quality of life features. But we'll see. Auto saves, auto save, auto. That's my number one. Auto has to be auto saves. Yep. Bonus points if it shows you how long it's been since your last auto save when you go to quit the game, so you know for sure. Yep. But man, I mean, this is like the ultimate. Uh, like kindness that games that has basically ubiquitously been rolled out at this point. Yes. If it's not in there, it was a conscious decision to exclude it. And I, I am so grateful for that because no one has ever in the history of time enjoyed losing progress because they forgot to save. It's never, it's never been pleasant. And yeah,
0: Ori, Ori in the blind (laughs) forest, making me save, making me do it on my own. That was my, my big learning curve with that one is just, have being conscious that this, this thing isn't going to take care of you. You have to you find whatever the little things are to save yourself. Um, but yeah, it is a, it's a thing that I, I take for granted a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Same. I forget that it doesn't happen. You get in some of that middle, t- I don't know what you call it, but there's like an era there where it was kind of coming around and I've thought, Oh, I assume it's,
1: it auto saved and it didn't. And I've been like, Oh, I weep. <laughs> I mean, this This <laughs> bit me recently. I didn't, again, I, I excluded all of the non-challenge like challenge beats that I had, but one of the games that I beat recently was Demon Turf. It's a platformer that just came out. And that game uses a system where every, it's a 3D platformer. Every level, you have three checkpoint flags that you can place at any point you want. It's up to you. And no autosaves. And all that meant for me is I kept forgetting... That I had these checkpoint flags, I would get deep into a level, die, and then be like whiplash because there was no autosave. I'd go all the way back to the beginning of the level. Like I got yes. well over halfway through the game before I could break that bad habit uh, because I am so used to autosaving just kind of generally being a feature. So it uh, yeah. made me appreciate it even more. For sure. So those are the, those
0: are the quality of life features that we're thankful for. If you're thankful for any, please let us know. You, cor- if, you of course can reach us on our Twitter at PolyKill. You can do that if, if you beat a game. You can do your send your just beat. It's there as well. And thank you for for hanging out with us on this girthier than than usual episode. But that's what you get. That's what you get. We 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 missed one there in the middle, so you get you get a nice uh, nice thick <laughs> thick dummy dummy thick PolyKill episode uh, this time around. Uh, and if you're interested in that live show, if you're like that sounds like I forgot you guys said you mentioned that about two and a half hours ago. I've kind of forgot about the uh that live show, if you wanna if you if you think that that's something you'd be interested in, please reach out and uh let us know what you think about that, because we're just kinda thinking about it ourselves. So we yeah. might we might do that.
1: Kicking around the idea seems like a lot of fun. But uh I- I'm sad to see the episode end, man. I two and a half hours, not man. enough. I let's let's do another two and a half, I say.
0: Let's hey, let's do it. All right, everybody, we're gonna kick it <laughs> into round two. Uh, I know Steve's got seven more games he could talk about, Demon (laughs) Turf being one of them.
1: Got some games coming (laughs) out here in the next couple of weeks.
0: uh. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, uh, But hey, uh, in two more weeks, you'll get a couple more hours of us. So uh, again, thanks for sticking around. We'll catch you then. You can find me on Twitter, TravPlaysGame. Steve is, of course, at Blinkoom. You can find the Polykill podcast itself at Polykill.
1: When are you you streaming over there on the Twitch? Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, starting around 6 or 7 central every day. And we're going to be playing... I mean, December is going to have to be some Jaguar and probably some new one. We've got a challenge to complete. So if you want to see that good jank, jank jank, Mm. pop on Mm. over there. Plus, that's where we'll probably do the live show. So you know what? It doesn't hurt you to just pop over there a little bit early. Come say hi.
0: Pop over there early. Go ahead and follow. That way you'll know. All right, everyone. Well, thank you again for uh, uh, hanging out. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Kirby's Butthole.